You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily's Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 years minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsibility gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text TN Redline 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 179 of the Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Their Wild Wednesday, Hump Day Wednesday, halfway there, folks. Hope everybody's doing well. Thank you very much for tuning in. Um, yeah, guys, I uh, got a special guest today, uh, fellow fight fan Dante from the message boards. You, you, you folks in the message boards, or the, from the Facebook groups, where I see him bouncing around. Um, yeah, he was nice enough to uh, to come on, and uh, and it's and it's always fun to talk to to a fellow fan, and uh, 
and him and I, uh, we, we actually talk about this on the, on the, in, during the episode, but, uh, yeah, it, it's sort of, um, I guess, I guess the, well, he brings it up and, and it's cool because it's definitely the vibe I'm going for. Um, it's basically just like how the, when, when you're sitting in the basement watching the game or watching a fight DVD with the boys and you're just bullshit and drinking beers, that's kind of the vibe that I want this show to have. And, uh, and that conversation to be like that, uh, for you, the listeners, for you, for what you and your friends sound like when you're talking, right? That's kind of what I want it to be. And, uh, and, uh, so when I have an opportunity and it's different when it's a player, right? I mean, not that you, I mean, you have the back and forth, but you're out, you're basically asking questions about the career and it's kind of like almost like a extended 20 questions game, right? More or less. Um, I guess it, it's different though when it's a when it's a fellow fan um, because you have that you know you share that passion and uh, you know and and uh, you know you might have a different opinion on a few things or who, who's the best or whatever but um, the commonality is there right so um, yeah and I and same thing with the same with Dante I mean we talked to each other on the message boards a few times text each other and and um, yeah it was just like you know. That's I I had mentioned it before um, going coming into the new year here um, that it was just something I, I kind of I, I was I've, I've done it before but I've I've wanted to do it like more I guess um, is is just talk to the fan like fans fellow fans I mean I'm the guys I'm on the fight groups with or on Twitter with interacting with have them come on and and because. I've had, I mean, I've had Chris on and William and of course Jay and Alec and Joe and, you know, and, and a number of guys. And, uh, yeah. And, and like I said, I, everyone's different. Everybody comes from a different area. So everyone has a different, um, how they got into hockey or their story. Uh, as much as things are somewhat similar, they're different as well. And, uh, like I said, everyone has a unique kind of journey to the sport or, and to the kind of the fight fandom, if you will. And, uh, and I, and I just find it fascinating talking to new people and, and, uh, I mean, this is what the show's all about. It's for you guys, right? So, um, yeah, the, the more of you guys I can get on the show, the better. And, uh, and I will say with Dante, he was great. He was prepared and, uh, he knew what to talk, what he wanted to talk about. And, um, you know, and not only do we talk about the fandom, but of course we talk about certain subjects, obviously that come up on the board and what we've talked about. And we talked about Bugard and of course the, the infamous The Code, because he had just finished reading the book. That's actually what sparked our whole coming on the show. He's told me he was, it was on a, was he on a plane? Something, he was doing something and he bought the book, The Code. And, uh, which for you guys that don't know, it's been around, I think, since about 05. It's written by Ross Bernstein. Um, and we talk about it in this episode quite a bit. And I've referenced it many times on this show, but it's been years since I read it. Like I bought it kind of when it came out. And, um, after talking with Dante and stuff, I, I think I, I have to revisit the book. I got to reread it, um, you know, and look at uh, look at it with eyes from that are you know sixteen years old or seventeen years older. Um, so you know, maybe my perspective has changed a little bit. Um, but yeah, we go in about the book and we just talk about certain incidents. The you know Brashear and McSorley and Bertuzzi and Moore and and uh, just yeah, we just have good talk and uh, 
Yeah, I mean the the conversation goes in a number of different places, and and uh, and I think you guys listening, I think you guys will enjoy it. And I mean, I enjoyed talking to Dante; he's a good dude, and and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I, I want to thank him again for coming on and being well prepared. And I mean, it was easy for me; I just hit record, right? And he he was he took over, so it was great. But uh, yeah, so and I'm and I'm really looking forward to doing more of these. Um, yeah, it's just a, I I don't know. It's just to me, it's just an easy conversation, and it's fun and. Uh, and, uh, like I always say, this is your guys' show. So, I mean, it should have you guys on it, right? So, um, but yeah, before, but Dante and I yap actually for a really long time. So I'm not going to do this for too long. Um, like I said, I'm a member of the pot, hockey podcast network. There's over 50 shows in the network. All the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there is a show for you. So check it out. Um, for my off network friends, of course, I got part-time only down there in Florida. Oh, that's what is Jay called? Code and Salem. Um. The ECHL, the Kingpin, definitely check out his YouTube channel, Five for Fighting YouTube channel. He's been putting a lot of East Coast League fights up. Don't say that too loud. You don't want the league to find out. But he's been doing a great job, and he's actually, he's really getting into the fight footage, folks. Oh, he's chasing people down for alternate angles and shit now. Yeah, so all of a sudden, look at the youngster. He's he's going what we did 30 years ago. He's trying to track guys down. So, uh, no, it's great. And like I said, for some of the East Coast League footage, I know he's actually put some older stuff, like from la- older stuff, air quotes, from last year. I guess it's, it's a, it is older for if it was last year, last season. Um, but yeah, he's doing that. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, Alec, he's a member of the six pack coverage network. Uh, just got on the network. So, um, uh, last week, uh, he and I, he actually had, a, uh, me on the show and, uh, we talked about the toughest guy per, Every NHL team uh, in each club's franchise history, and that was a fun episode. Um, and Alec has a tremendous back catalog with Yablonski, Segroy, Rob Ray. Definitely give it a check. Check it out. Um, he just actually released an episode today, and um, yeah, I will say it's it's a serious topic, and uh, um, I haven't had a chance to. I got it downloaded. I like I like to listen to my podcasts in the truck. I wasn't at work today though, so the highways were closed here in Saskatchewan, folks. So I had to stay home because that's how I get. You know, it's a twenty. I live out of town, so you know, I, it wasn't happening today. So, um, but normally I, I listen to all my podcasts in the truck while I'm at work. So I will definitely uh, listen to it tomorrow, or actually I'll listen to it on my drive in tomorrow morning. But uh, yeah, he. Um, he talks about the uh, the Jordan Subban incident in the East Coast League, the uh, the alleged uh, racist um, uh, incident uh, with um, oh, isn't that? And I just had his name on on my tip of my tongue here, Jacob Panetta. That's it. It was Panetta Subban incident in the East Coast League, and um, it's interesting. And Alec is um, I well, I already know his what he talks about and uh yeah and i think it's something that needs to be addressed and and looked at from both sides and uh not and i mean he's certainly not uh defending anything but at the same time um he he definitely there's a there's another side to be looked at and uh you know and i and i don't think people did and uh but I will let Alec explain all that. And like I said, I know his stance on things and he's level headed and, and he's, he's a straight shooter and he's down the middle. And, uh, he, and, and I, and I, and I really look forward to listen to the incident or the, listen to the incident, listen to the episode. And cause I've seen some of the comments about it already. Probably most of them are from, you know, from guys that didn't even listen to the show, but just have something to say about it. Um, 
but yeah, I'm, I'm, I encourage you guys not only to check out a show to begin with, but I think this will be a, a really good episode and, uh, yeah, looking forward to listening to it. Um, but yeah, definitely check out Alex's uh, show as well as his, uh, like I said, is, is the uh, YouTube channel. Uh, you know, uh, if you're on YouTube, subscribe to his channel. Let's, we're trying to build up, uh, Alex subscriber numbers and, uh, I hope you guys can do that for us because that'll be really cool. And then of course, Broadway Joe, Joe Lazito, give me the Lazito. Uh, yes, Broadway Joe, actually he released, uh, and he, he, re- Coliseum Chronicles, it's a New York Islander based podcast, and he just released a Clark Gillies tribute episode, and I, th- I believe he has a number of, uh, different guests on, t- uh, speaking of their, uh, time and interactions with Clark, and, uh, I, again, I haven't, had, like I said, I've got a download, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but I will definitely be doing that tomorrow. And, uh, and again, Joe tremendous, does a tremendous job on it. Uh, I already know it'll be great. And, uh, and Joe does a great job on his other interviews. Like I said, it's an Islander podcast. So he's had Fakoda, Dean Ewan, Strudwig, Asham on and on. They've all been on and, uh, real thorough interviews. And, uh, Joe does a great job. And, uh, so I'm looking forward to listening to this Gillies interview. I mean, as, as it's a sad topic, of course, but at the same time, I believe it'll be really, um, enlightening and probably very, uh, you know, obviously a heartfelt, um, tribute to, uh, to Clark Gilly. So I'm really looking forward to listening to that. So, um, yeah, guy, I won't, uh, no, no, no funny stuff today. I, uh, I always, oh, give it a Lazito and stuff. I guess that's the, that's my trademark for Joe. It's a little inside thing with Joe and I, but, uh, other than that, I won't. Normally I like to get onto Joe and bust Joe's balls a little bit, but I won't today. Um, but definitely, uh, give Joe's show, uh, a listen and, uh, you will not be disappointed. Islander fan or not. Um, he does a great job, so highly recommended. All right, guys. Um, like I said, I won't talk too long. Like uh, I've already said that twice now, I believe. So, um, yeah, like I said, if you're on social media, uh, I don't know why you are, but if you are, I mean, some of us have to be. I mean, if you're listening, you don't have to be. You shouldn't be because oh, why would you do that to yourselves? Um, but if you are and you're you're going to stay there, um, Give me a follow on Twitter, Fourth Line Voice on Twitter, as well as on Facebook. Uh, but it's F O U. I got to, I had to type it out. I couldn't use the numbers on Facebook. Um, yeah, give me a follow or what have you. And uh, I'm always putting up videos or pictures or what you know. Just drop me a line, and if you have something to say, uh, good, bad, or otherwise about the show, let me know. Um, if you're not on social media and you want to get a hold of me, uh, like I said, I still have a Hotmail account. Yes, I do. Hockey fights. How do you give that one up? Hockey fights, all lowercase, at hotmail.com. Just send me a comment, question, inquiry, whatever. Uh, you know, send it along, and I will I will definitely get back to you right away. Um, yeah, and uh, other than that, oh, on my YouTube channel, of course, Fourth Line Voice at YouTube. I have over 2,600 fights on the channel. All of them are sorted, so whatever league you're looking for, just type it into the little search engine there, and it'll come up. And I have every league, all the minor leagues, uh, junior leagues, junior A, junior B. Hey, you want some Slave Lake Wolves? I got it. Throw it on there. Uh, but uh, yeah, NHL, AHL, all that stuff. So definitely uh, subscribe to the channel. Uh, go down that rabbit hole. Check out the, I mean, you'll be on the channel for hours. And uh, yeah, I think you get, you guys, if you're a fight fan, you'll dig it. Trust me. But um, yeah, guys, other than that... Um, don't have too much to say. Uh, a few things kind of came up uh, this week. Um, 
uh, should I? I don't know if I should talk about them. Maybe I'll talk about them. Well, I'll, I'll just briefly say um, it's been brought up a couple times uh, from people over the last probably month, and I had a, a direct message about it the other day, and we had a conversation about it myself and this gentleman, and it was brought up to me about politics. Um, I've actually had people say they want me to talk about politics on here, and I've had people inquire about who you identify with, and that stupidity um you are not going to get that from me i'm already going to tell you that now i have no desire to talk politics on this show i don't think i have if i have it was maybe a a a parting kind of shot in the wind but other than that no i am never going to talk politics on this show i think people have enough of that bullshit in their lives and they tune into this podcast and others like it to get away from such things and as the world and especially on social media it seems that everybody has to inject politics into everything now, uh, which is ridiculous. Um, I don't want to read it. I don't want to listen to it. And I certainly do not want to talk about it. Uh, not on the air. And uh, I guess my answer would be to these people, why? You know, does it really? I, I And I guess when the question comes up, who do you identify with or who do you vote for or whatever? Um, why? doesn't matter is kind of my question and uh and i will tell i've said this a bunch of times already on here and i will leave it at this i find both right and left extremism extremism ridiculous and uh and i find the 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 terminology of right left liberal liberalism blah 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 what people define it as as ridiculous and it's social media idiocy and i have no desire to partake in it so uh, I will keep that to myself. And so going forward, I don't please save the political inquiries because I am not, you're not going to get it from me. And, uh, no, I would, I would, I would like to think common sense should reign supreme, but as it's appearing, it does not. And, uh, yeah, but I guess everyone's idea of common sense is different, I guess. So they're, I guess, but, uh, no, I am not going to discuss politics. And, uh, if, and I, if I have a guest on that wants to, it's not going to happen. So, uh, and I'm not going to let them come on and filibust and go on and on. That's not happening either. So, and I don't care who it is. If you, if it's who I voted for, who I didn't vote for left or right, whatever. No, it's not happening. So, cause I, I believe you, the listeners do not want to hear that. So, uh, I'm just, that's my assumption, but, uh, and at the same time, that's not what I want to present because I have no interest in that. Um, and I'm so tired of politics. I'm so tired of listening to anti and vax or anti-vax left, right. I don't, I'm so tired of all this shit. I'm not listening to it. I'm skipping by it. I have literally cleaned out my follower list uh, on social media because I do not want to listen to it or read it. And, uh, and I'm not trying to deny that it's, oh, if I close my eyes, it'll go. No, I know it's not going to go away, but I don't want to surround it. This is my getaway, my hobby. Um, and I don't want that injected into it. So, um, so for those asking, you're not going to get an answer. And I don't think it really matters. I'm not asking for you. Well, I know who you voted for or whatever your side is, because that's all you talk about on social media. So, uh, and uh, you know, which probably means that's probably shows why we don't interact because I, I really don't care. So 
Um, yeah. So there's my political stance. It's not happening on this show. So, and that if you want to talk to Paul, there's a million political shows. Go listen to them because it's not going to be on this one. So I hate to disappoint anybody, but uh, no, it's not happening. So that is that. But uh, anyway, enough of this nonsense. Uh, let's get into some more nonsense, but we'll talk hockey nonsense this time. Yeah. I'm already, I'm, I already talk about hockey poorly. Why do you want me to talk about politics poorly? (laughs) Let me be shitty at one thing. I don't want to be shitty at many things, but, uh, all right, guys, uh, enough of me. Let's get on to with my friend Dante. Uh, we have a great chat and I think you guys will really enjoy it. Like I said, come and join us, sit down, put your feet up, crack a beer, sit down and listen to the, the, the bullshit. And, uh, I'll talk to you guys on Sunday. Thanks, everybody. All right, here on the Fourth Line Voice, we got a special guest, fellow fight fan, Dante. We're uh, we're gonna have Dante's Inferno today, folks. He's fired up. Dante, how are you doing today? Good, man. How are you? Excellent. Well, thank you very much for taking the time out to come on the show. I appreciate it. Oh no way, man. Thank you. That's uh, you know, it's a it's a big it's a big part of my week. The uh, Wednesday Sunday show drops. Uh, looking forward to them every day, every every time. So. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, I, I appreciate your lack of taste. It's, uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. Well, like I said, yeah, we've been kind of talking back and forth and, uh, you know, through the, uh, the message boards as well as just, uh, through text and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's kind of a, something I've, I've been doing here a little late, uh, lately. It's just with, uh, with William and, uh, and Chris and stuff. It's kind of getting a, a fellow fight fans perspective on things and, and, uh, where where your fan where their fandom started and uh, and all that type of thing. So I mean, I guess you know, well, well, obviously with you, we'll we'll start at the beginning. Uh, you know, where'd you grow up and uh, kind of how'd you get into the game? Yeah, perfect. Um, so this could be somewhat of a of a unique perspective to probably some of the listeners because I'm I'm from Southern New Jersey, so this is not uh, this is not a hockey uh, conducive climate. We don't we don't have ice all that often, so. Um, you're not, you're not, uh, typically raised around, around the game. So you kind of have to find it. And that's kind of what happened to me. My, my dad was, um, my dad was born and raised in the Bronx and, uh, he, he moved, he moved, uh, to North Jersey and that's where I was born. And we, you know, we were, we were baseball, football family. Like my dad was a sports nut, but he didn't really watch any hockey. Um, it was just, it was just all baseball, football. And then we ended up moving and it was, strictly because of the town that we moved to. Uh, like when I was in second grade, we moved to this town in South Jersey and uh, it during like this crazy snowstorm, like 1982. And uh, the town that we moved into was just filled with kids. And we had a family that was just down the street. That was just, they were, they were sports fanatics. Their dad was like the commissioner of the local, you know, sports, you know, community sports leagues. And uh, they had everything and they had, they, they carved out this like rink, you know, right in the street there um, with like snowboards and and all this stuff. And I mean, I looked down the street and I didn't know what the hell that was. So, you know, my brother and I, we like wandered down there and then, you know, they threw out the old, you know, back then the, the Bobby Clark street hockey sticks with the orange blades. You remember those? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, they had enough of that to go around and we just, you know, we jumped in into all that. And, uh, and so I was like, all right, this is, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm just kind of sliding around and whatever. 
and there was this one kid who was who was you know a neighborhood kid. His name was Kenny, and he had he had the long flowing like he he, he was a, you know this weird long flowing Afro type kid, and he was a huge Ron Duguay fan as, because of that. So that was like his that was like his deal, yeah. And uh, and the kid was just he was just a straight up psycho. So he he was just out there just hurting trying to hurt people, and um and this other this other kid in the neighborhood just decked him. And the two of them just went at it right in the middle of the street. And I was like, holy shit, this is the coolest game I've ever played. Like, this, what, the, what the hell is going to happen next, you know? And I just thought that's what that was, that this was about. And um, and so that's what we did. We ended up playing, you know, the, the neighborhood was just filled with, it was just, just outside of Philly. So all the dads were like, you know, transplants from Philly. I had just like a bunch of tough Irish families and Italian families. And the kids were all just scrappers. And so we would just play street hockey all the time. And every time we, you know, we, we had set teams. And then at the end of the game, just for no reason at all, everybody paired off and away we went about like 75%, <laughs> uh, you know, effort, just, just line full, full on line brawls all the time. So yeah. that's just, that was, that was just my like, you know, version of hockey growing up, you know, and then, you know, then the lakes would freeze and back then, like, you know, the, the, you had actual seasons. So, you know, the, lake, the lakes would freeze and you'd have, you know, a good month of, of pond hockey. So we would do that too. And then, and it was kind of like the same thing. And then, you know, there'd be, you know, they, there'd, there'd be just like these man-made cedar, cedar water lakes. And there'd be some kid over there taking a stick and cracking a hole in, in the ice. And, I'd be, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing with that? And he's like, oh, it's a sippy hole. And he gets down. And he's just like sipping the sipping the water out of the hole. And I'm like, dude, what? You know, what do you what do you? This is where we fish and swim all summer long. The water's brown. Like you're just drinking that, you know? And he's like, no. Well, in the winter, you know, all the all the crap settles to the bottom, so the water on the top's like perfectly clear. You know, like, dude, what the? There's no way that's correct, you know? But then you just you know after after a little bit, you just taking your turns to sip your hole too. You're just getting a little bit, getting to drink and whatever so yeah so you know that that was really all of the um the hockey i knew growing up was just kind of kind of doing that and then where we lived flyers were you know big you know yep. in, into the early 80s and then a bunch of my buddies and i in middle school we were able to rent uh the coliseum so you had to get it at like i don't know like four in the morning where they uh where they practice you pull up you know some cash and you know you get dropped off and you get to play for an hour and I remember, like, I didn't really give a crap too much about watching hockey at that point. It was just kind of like fun to play. But then this, you know, we, um, we finished up our our little turn on the ice there, and uh, I'm sitting there like playing, like I don't know, like Pac-Man or something, wait, waiting. And there's this tap, you know, on the window next to me, and I look over, and here's this here's this guy in like gray on gray, like workout gear, these like short shorts, and it's Peter Zezel, and uh. And I, I, I took one look at his freaking legs and I'm like, what the hell is this shit? You know what I mean? Like, this is, this is what your legs are supposed to look like. Like it was just, it was enormous. Like it was two legs in one. And, um, and then, you know, we all ran around and they, the flyers all started coming in. We saw Shel Samuelson walk across the parking lot and look like Godzilla. And, um, you know, we, they, they sat and they signed autographs for everybody. And, you know, I got a, I got a Brad Marsh puck that stayed in my, uh, you know, my drawer until, until we needed a puck. And then that's at the bottom of the lake somewhere now. So, 
um, yeah, so that that was uh, that was great. That was like, all right, these guys are cool. You know, they're they're gonna you know they're getting ready for their practice and they're just taking this time to do this for the, for us. It was it was pretty awesome. So so then so then from there, like you know, we're watching hockey all the time, and um, I I somehow come across the uh, the tough guy hockey fight tape guy. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 then that was that. I I ordered, I ordered all like pretty much all of those, and uh, we I forced everybody to watch those with me, and uh, you know the the big the big uh, Probert and Domi. I had the, I had the Probert and Domi tape, and then the Probert and Crowder tape, and um, the, the, my my favorite one was the Dave Brown. I think he called it Dave Brown the Terminator. Was what it was what it said on the on the label there. And so my years later, my younger brother, he's at, he's at a bagel shop and, uh, just in the same town there. And he's looking at this guy and he's looking at him and he's looking at him. And the guy finally says like, Hey, how's it going? You know? And this is, you know, we're talking probably 19, like late nineties. Right. And my brother's looking at him. He goes, you're Dave Brown, aren't you? You know? And he's like, he's like, I, you know, you don't recognize him in his street clothes. He was wearing glasses and he's dressed nice. And he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm Dave Brown. He's like, I'm surprised you recognize me. He's like, no, man, my brother made me watch your fight tape, you know, <laughs> pretty much every, every single day, you know? And he's like, but he's like, but my brother's a Rangers fan. So, and at the time Brown, he was like, uh, I think he was a scout for the Rangers. He was working for them for a little bit. And he was like, Oh no, that's okay. That's okay. And then, uh, he goes and he pays and he gets, uh, my brother gets up to the register and the, and the girl behind the counter is like, Oh, you're good. And he's like, what? And she's like, yeah, that gentleman paid for you. And my brother turns around and looks and Dave Brown's like, tell the Rangers fan, Dave Brown bought you lunch. So that was pretty cool. Hey, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Well, hey, going yeah. back to the, the tapes for a second. Uh, like, where did you find them? Like, did you, at the back of the hockey news? The classifieds. So it either had to be in the back of the hockey news, or they we would get you know I'd see those publications that the um, the tough guy magazines that came out. Yeah, um, yeah the hockey stars yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yes, yes. So um, I would grab those all the time too, and I, that must have been where I got it because then I I ordered the catalog, and then the catalog gets mailed to you, and then you go through and you know I selected all the ones that I thought I'd want and. Yeah, waited for him, and that was it. Then we just had people over, ordered wings, and watched them. Yeah. Did you ever have any of the uh, the newsletters, like the Aggressive Hockey Report or anything? I had the Aggressive Hockey Report, and I had Stan Fischler. He had. Do um, you remember his? It, no. it was a yes. I, I have. I'll, I'll dig him up, and I'll send you. I'll send you pictures of him. Stan Fischler came out with something. Um, I forget what the hell he called it, but it was, it was an awful, it, it was like something you'd make, you know, it, it, something you'd make in elementary school, it was just paper. Um, and a uh, little, little card stock, you know, outer, outer cover, uh, green, light green. And then, you know, really, really poorly sketched hockey fight, you know, two guys fighting on the cover. And on the inside, it was just, it was just dates and, and the fight. Just dates in the fight, dates in the fight. So I, I thought when I was ordering them that I, I signed up for, I guess, a subscription to whatever the hell this was. Um, and I thought I was going to get, like, reports, you know, because 
we got so so where I was in South Jersey, we had a, a channel called Prism. Prism was a cable a cable channel that they just aired all the you know some movies, but all the Philadelphia sports. That's where I'm at. It's all it's all Philadelphia. New Jersey's basically you know three states in one. The upper part is New York, the lower part is all Philadelphia, and then like Central New Jersey is all like the Sopranos. You know, yeah. AJ Galante. It's all you know. So you get yeah. the Devils, and you know. But um, yeah, so we get we on all you would get for hockey down here was whoever the Flyers were playing. That's who you could get. So um, when I saw the uh, I saw this this whatever the Stan Fischler thing was, um, I ordered it because I thought I was going to be getting like you know breakdowns. That's, yeah, because that's what I wanted. I wanted I wanted to know you know, who won the fight, you know, what, you know, what, what started the fight? I wanted all the background st- stuff on it all. But, but it also was, was, you know, the name of the people who fought and the time they fought. And if there was an instigator in, involved or whatever, that's, that's it. It was, just, it was literally just like a report. So well, I, I'll dig, I'll dig them up for you. Well, um, it's cause it's funny yeah, because them, like and... the aggressive hockey report, I mean, that was pretty comprehensive. I mean, they had like the, well, I, I mean, I've done a few of them on the air here. Like, Somebody, I, I never had them. I mean, I would have killed for to have those back then. But uh, somebody put them up on Facebook, and I was reading them. And I mean, they had the player interviews, and then like, you know, the letter or the editor, you know, Sandy doing his his rant. And then, I mean, they mm-hmm. were pretty. I mean, that's a fight fan's dream. Those things, because I mean, back yeah. then, I mean, every, like you said, the information. I mean, for the younger people listening now, or you know, with the internet, I mean, we just sound like the Flintstones talking here. But I mean. There was no, there was no information back then. There was no, no way to get it. The, so when you, yeah, like you said, you wanted information and who fought and, because I mean, outside of reading the box scores in the paper, you never saw these people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so, yeah. So like you said, what, so when you got a fight tape, like, yeah, you put it in and all of a sudden you're seeing guys that you only read about in box scores. Now all of a sudden you're seeing them fight. You know, it's exactly. like exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, oh, I get it. Yeah, it was uh, that was it, that opened up a whole world, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we I th- we had one guy in our neighborhood, this guy named Tom, who he was just like a, a fight a fight encyclopedia. He just knew, uh, and I don't know where he got his information. I honestly don't. He but he knew he knew about all the fights, and he would tell you who all the guys were on all the teams that you know you wanted to watch for, and you know you'd get excited. And that's when, and then you know when uh, when Sega Genesis game came out. Yeah. Um. That's when we. You know. That's when. That's when I really really got into into fight my fight fandom because that's when we all picked the team and luckily for me at the time the rangers were stacked because they had you know domi was rated 100 fighting and kosher was rated 85 and they had jeff bukaboom and chris king and uh all those guys would fight in the game and then he always took the the buffalo sabers and then my bro- other brother always took detroit red wings and so it was just like we didn't even care about the score it was just we popped we popped that in and just kept the kept the running record of who won the, the fight. So yeah, that was always that was awesome. Yeah, no, the uh, the Sega Genesis. Yeah, I remember that when we when we first got that, we saw the NHL whatever ninety three or nine whatever the first one was, and all of a sudden yeah. it was like real guys, and it keeps track of stats. Oh, uh-huh. I remember we looked at each other and like, oh, this is it's not going to get any better than this. This is the greatest nope. thing ever. Like. Because before that, it was like Nintendo ice hockey, right? With the fat guy and the right. skinny guy. And well, now all of a mm-hmm. sudden, you got real guys. And, they're, you know, yeah, you can actually have Probert and Domi fight. And it's just like, yep. what is this? Like, this is unbelievable. Yeah. And, 
Yeah, and like I said, and like you said, it was, it's in the early, mid-90s. Well, for me, that's right. I mean, you and I are pretty much the same age. That's so pretty much right into our high school years. Um, maybe a little out, but it's like right, yeah, my peak fandom at that point. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. That's exactly right. It hit, it hit at just the right time. And, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and the Dave Brown. Dave Brown was my – that was my favorite fight tape because Dave, like, so, you know, I saw a lot of him. And for me, like – so you know i grew up on wwf right and yep. so at at some point like you know i kind of i kind of looked at it like that like it was you had every team had their guys you know and you had a, and you had they had a couple of them per team and and like you always say they played so it wasn't like you know there's a chance you weren't going to see them you were going to see them they're, they're going they they had regular shifts so they played and um and I, you know, I would get excited for, you know, whatever team was going to come on, but something about Dave Brown just used to, I, I used to scare the shit out of me as like, wa- just watching him. It was like, like, like when you watch WWF and you had, and, uh, and you had like Paul Orndorff came out, you know, like whenever the other guys were going to wrestle, whoever they wrestled is like, all right, if they're a bad guy, whatever, it's whatever. Something about Paul, Paul Orndorff used to just creep me the fuck out. And then Dave Brown was the same way like that. I'm like, this guy's fighting differently. Like, the other guys are fighting. Dave Brown looks like he wants to kill everybody, you know, and that's how, and he fought like that, you know, like you, like uh, I think you said the other day in the episode, I don't know if it was you or Alec, but said, you know, the fight's not done until Dave Brown says the fight's done, you know, and yeah. the fight, the fight also, the fight also begins when Dave Brown says it begins, yep. you know, you, you, you don't, you don't get these options. So yeah, there, know, there, which, there was, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Now that you're saying it, it's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there was a certain intensity about him that yes. there didn't seem to be like just sort of that I don't give a shit factor about him right. whereas the other guys seemed a little more um that well I get, maybe for lack of a better word like gentlemanly like it was going to mm-hmm. be you know do you want to go okay we'll square off and you know whatever like you know what I mean it was like yep. a lot more yep. civilized if there was such a way but Dave Brown it was like just straight jungle like it was like no yep. I'm just kicking the shit out of you right now and yep. you, you can yeah, say screwed. yes or no. It doesn't matter. We're fighting. So, mm-hmm. yep. and and yep. and, they, and that came through even on video. That came through the screen. You could yes, feel it. it. Did. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. I agree. Which that which made me love that bagel story so much when my brother yeah. told it because I was like, I thought this was the scariest human who walked the earth. You know what I mean? And it, yep. but, you know, he's 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 buying some you know kid a bagel. Which not, all right. But, well, it's an, it's yeah, interesting so, that you bring that up, and well, I mean, we'll talk about this right now. I'm just going to get your opinion on it, but I mean, I have mm-hmm. mine. But it's just like, yeah, like when you're talking about Dave Brown, I mean, that's always the big. I mean, everyone has their top ten or blah 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 or whatever. Um, regardless of that, and it's always sort of been even like for us in the '90s. At this point, if you had asked all of us guys sitting around watching fight tapes and whatever, who the two, it would have been Brown and Prover. Those would have been the two guys that we would have mm-hmm. said are the mm-hmm. two toughest guys. And to me, there was just a nastiness to Brown that Probert didn't have. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know what I mean? Is that... Uh-huh. Yeah, like I was just like, what's your take on it? Like a Brown-Probert type thing. Is that kind of the same thing you're thinking? So, okay. So when I did the top 10, the episode you had a few, a few weeks back, um, I'm pretty sure my order goes uh, Probert-Brown-LaRock. Um, I, in my top three, I think I had it, but, yep. um, 
for for me it's completely it's completely interchangeable you know what like i i would it, so if, if the two of them if i had to pick a winner between the two of them um i think it would it would it would come down to uh was was probert able to weather weather the storm long enough to where he can just then turn it on like he does towards the end of all the fights like is he going to is he going to be able to you know avoid enough eating enough of those fucking lefts you know yeah. um to to then you know turn it on and then catch him um cuz it, it wasn't like brown would burn out quick you know but um yeah he brown fought nastier you know and um so I, I, I mean, I have them as one A, one B, and I don't really care who gets the A or who gets the B in the in that conversation. You know, it's just they're the top. I agree, uh, and I, actually, are three of the same. Yeah. And like I said, the same thing. Yeah, they're interchangeable. And like you said, and I uh-huh. guess in their one, I mean, I guess they fought twice, but the one fight sucked. But I mean, that fight, right, yeah, yeah, you're like you said, Brown got the jump on him, mm-hmm. and Probert weathered it and came back and and got him right, and it was just yeah. like. You know, so then that's the big thing. It's like whenever you'd have the debate on the old message board days, actually remind me to come back to the message board. Uh, when So okay. when you'd have the big debate, it was like, well, Probert beat him. That was always the debate between who's number one and who's number two. It's like, well, the, he, Probert beat Brown, so he should be number one. Well, it's like, mm-hmm. eh, you know, I guess. I mean, there, there there's some credence to that. I mean, at the same time, they have like, if you look, they both beat and lost to different people too. So it's like, you know, there's that, but, uh, but yeah, like I, it, there was something with the two of them, something about Brown, I guess it was Brown's unpredictability. Not that Probert didn't have that. I guess Probert had that too, but not like Brown though. I mean, I think, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just that unpredictability of Brown that I think. I, I, I do. Yeah. I, I, cause I feel like I, it, it always, it almost felt like, like Brown always seemed pissed. He always yeah. seemed mad in his fights. Like, you know what I mean? Like when he fought you, he, he seemed like he hated you. Whereas like with Probert, a lot of times, you know, if you got him mad, like, you know, when he, when he went off on the Buffalo Sabres and, and punched everybody, you know, it was that Don Beaupre on the ice or whatever. Well, uh, um, well, Barrasso with McGuire. Barrasso, after McGuire yeah, 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 yeah. And just, you know, okay. You know, you could get, you could get Probert there. You know, but for the most part, it felt like he, you know, he was just going to, he was just going to, just going to fight you, yeah. you know, whereas Brown, it was like, it's like Brown, like it's like Brown it. took that shit personal. Right. Yeah. 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 Like, how dare yep. you, you know, like, yeah, mm-hmm. no, yeah, exactly. Um, no, I was going to say with the message board, now that I'm thinking about it, were you on the message boards? Like, were you on fried no. chicken? No, really? No, I, no, yeah, no, I was not. Um, I hear, I listen to that. I listen to you talk about that all the time, and I and I definitely feel like I missed, I missed something there. You know, yeah, I was not on that. Hmm. That's, that's, that's why I found, uh, you know, Chris's Y two J episode so fascinating. Just hearing, just hearing you two guys trade stories about all those times is awesome. Well, yeah, and that was like so funny with him is because, um, yeah, I had remembered him forever from the website, and like I said, we had traded tapes and did all that, but. It wasn't like we stayed in touch and weren't like we were Facebook friends or anything. So just completely lost track. And then I, yeah, I saw him in the, one of the fight groups and I was just like, holy shit, that's the same guy from like 20 years ago. 
And I'm like, oh, I got to get this guy on the show. And yeah, it was it was just funny, but it was just, uh, yeah, you, you you I've run into a bunch of the old like fried chicken guys because, like I said back then, man, that was the you know beginning of the internet for me anyway, like late '90s, and it was like, yeah, you get on that site, and it was like, oh my god, there's other because you always think you're the only one. I don't know why you think uh-huh. that, but you just sort of think that. I guess I'm the only one that likes yeah. fights or whatever, and uh-huh. you know. And then here, we, like, did you ever make your own tapes and shit? Of course, yeah. Oh, so yeah. back when you had to, you know, push play record on the VCR, and I, and I, for a little bit there with my with like my hockey, you know, men's league crew, I was the legend because I managed to get the uh, that classic Probert uh, McSorley bout that went on forever um, when McSorley's on the Penguins. Um, I, I, I managed. To, I was watching that game, and and I got. I had that on my tape, so everybody wanted to come over and see that. Yeah, well, and that's the thing, right? Yeah, and you're just sitting there by the record waiting, right? Yep. And it's like, yep. oh shit, mm-hmm. they're out, they're out, hit record, hit yep. record, and all everyone's yep. like, you'd, you'd, and of course it'd take a second or two for the tape to get going. Oh shit, you're three punches behind already, and oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many fights I've missed because of that. But oh, other times it's like if you could, it was good if they went on the line, like a line, like on a face off. And they come out on the line change, and the you know, and then you can see them both yep. come out, and it's like, oh, okay, I gotta hit record because it's setting up here. You, you know, it's, yes, yeah, they scooch a little closer to the TV when you you know, you watch things like the score, you know, yep. the score starts running up one way or the other. You're like, all right, you know, eventually someone's someone's coming out. Okay, here comes Kelly Chase. All right, you know, something's well, happening now. Yeah, well, it's funny you bring that up. Like, yeah, like because back then, like when the score got run up, that's when the shit got good. Because mm-hmm. now something's going to mm-hmm. happen. Now it's like, oh, shit, just hit record and let it go because something's going to happen. You know, it's 6-2. Right. You know, it's, something's going down. Now nothing happens. It's like, oh, I'm like, well, they put the rule in with the instigator and all that shit. It's like they killed that. But, I mean, that was always the best time of the game when it was a blowout in the third period. That's when shit got good. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. But, yeah, yeah so – that was, uh, you know, that was that was kind of – and then, you know, I um, – I had my own, when I had a kid, then I ended up, he, he of course plays hockey, 17 now, but, um, you know, I watched him as a little guy for a little bit and then we, they needed coaches. So I ended up coaching, um, for a little bit, just, you know, just long enough to realize I don't know enough to be in his way, you know? Yeah. Um, but just, you know, basically just organizing the bench, you know, keeping, keeping the, uh, yeah. the inmates from running the asylum there. And uh, I remember my first, my first ever practice was over at the, at the Flyers skate zone where the Flyers actually practice now. And uh, I get my roster, and I got Ian LaPerriere's kid on my team and Chris Pronger's kid on my team. And I'm like, holy shit, what, am, what the hell am I going to do now? You know, because, you know, if these guys are going to be sitting there in the, in the bleachers, and they got some fucking street hockey dad as the coach. Like, you know what I mean? I, I, I was just like, I don't, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do, but okay. You know, and, and thank God for the internet because, you know, they have all these great coaching websites where you can just go on and print, print out like, you know, literally a practice, you know, yep. you, you type in how long you want it to be and you, it's broken down by all the different skills and things. And you just go out there and do that. But I was like, you know, that first practice, I was just like, you know, it's like, it was like, you know, being back in high school and you have to go up and give the oral report, you know, in front of the whole class. I was like, Oh my God, you know, I, these guys are going to, you know, I'm not going to be happy with this. And uh, that, you know, the kids are only six years old, but it doesn't matter, you know? So I'm standing there and, uh, 
I'm getting ready to walk out, getting ready to step on the ice for the first time. And there's Ian LaPerriere by the door. And he, he sees me coming up and he opens the gate and he smacks me on the ass and he goes, go get him coach. And I'm like, ah, okay. He's calling me coach. I can, you know, I guess I can hurt a, hurt a bunch of six year olds together for a little bit. If he's calling me coach. And, uh, I had his kid for the next couple of years and he was, he was just an awesome, awesome guy. And we would do the, uh, at the end of each year, we would always do like the, uh, parents versus kids, you know, let the parents come out and play the kids or whatever. And, uh, Lappy was always still, still playing, but I don't know. You remember when he, you remember when he got hit in the mouth with the puck, he yeah. goes down and blocks a shot. Yeah. 76 stitches in his, in his mouth from that one. Um, as soon as he's ready, he gets back out to play, you know, next, next game. But he, um, he was out with concussions or whatever for a little bit. And then, so for the parents, the parents son game, um, he was like, all right, all right you know, I'm going to come out, I'm going to play. So he never really liked the Rangers cause he was on there for a little bit and then they traded him and he, he just didn't like him. And uh, I'm out there in my Rangers Jersey getting ready to play in the game or whatever. And the gate opens the other end and, Lappy's coming out on his Flyers uniform and, you know, sees me from 200 feet away in the Rangers jersey and he just comes right fucking at me, right? And so so I'm like, oh, shit, you know? So here here he comes and so, he, you know, his gloves are already off by the time he gets to the center ice. So I throw off my gloves and roll up the sleeves and I do the whole, you know, the whole thing. And uh, he he grabs a hold of me and, like, you know... You, you scrap with people, you know, you, you wrestle around, you, you mess around with people, you've been in some fights, whatever, right? Yep. This this guy grabbed a hold of my jersey, and it it was like being caught up in machinery. Like, you know, it was like the strength of the, like, just the grip and just how everything just twisted up, and I was just like, okay, okay, this is a different, this is a different thing. So it pisses me off when, like, you know, we're on the, you know, the message board or whatever. And I just get so pissed off whenever I see just like a regular guy who's on there and is going to like, in some way, judge these guys and say that they're they're, You know what I mean? I was like, you have no, you, you have no idea. Like, like, I don't care how tough you think you are. Go get grabbed by Ian LaPerriere and then, and then see what you really, what you really are. Because, you know, I mean, obviously he wasn't out, he wasn't even trying to hurt me. You know what I mean? We were just throwing fake punches or whatever, just, just to mess around. But like, you know, there's a quick second there. I was like, I'm not going to hit this guy on accident. Uh, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't need to like trigger something, you know, yep. you know, I'm gonna, I'll wake up somewhere else. But yeah, I mean, he, he well, yeah, just, that, it's that, just, it's, yeah. Well, imagine LaRock or Brashear grabbing you. Exactly. Yeah. And then, that, but, yeah. but these guys are like, oh yeah, they're, they, they, they just throw noogies. Like, oh, okay. Right. Calm to stop. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, it it drives me nuts, like insane. Like it just you don't you don't have a right to criticize them. You can say you don't like them. You could say you like this guy better or whatever. But anyone who's ever dropped the gloves like that, at, you know, any level, you 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 don't have a right to to call them anything. You know, you you just don't. You're not you're not in their world. No, and I and I think, and a lot of that I think is, and I mean, and I think with a lot of these fans and everything, and 
you know, I'm, I'm probably guilty of it myself at some points, but it's like, I think you watch so much stuff and so much YouTube or so many fight videos. I think a lot of these guys get like desensitized to it. Like they don't, they stop, they stop forgetting how, I think maybe they watch so much. I think they forget it's how real it is. Mm-hmm. Like that's the one thing I always laugh about. Like when they're talking about these, like they'll have the fight up and somebody will be, you know, and oh, well, he should have held up on him there. I don't know why he had to give him that extra shot. You know, it's like, have you ever been in a fight in your life? Like, do you exactly. think you're thinking yeah. clearly at that point? Like, you're mad, mm-hmm. right? Like, but these guys, yep. they, they watch some video a bunch of times. No, they think this guy should have held up here and held up there. And he didn't really need to do that. And it's like, oh, come on, man. You're enough. At the end of the day, and I think that's what it all comes down to. At the end of the day, it's a fist fight. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's a fist fight between two elite level athletes that are pissed. And it's like, stop trying to put these parameters on it or these rules or what you think should happen. Or it's like, I don't know. I like, I don't know what world these guys live in. Like, do you not understand the level of adrenaline that's going through these guys right now? Yeah. And, and everything that they've gone through for the last 24 hours leading up to it, knowing that they were going to do it, yeah. you know, that's, it. that's a, a whole bit. Any, you, you read any book, you know, written by any of these guys or listen to any of them talk and they, they'll all say it, you know, yeah. They'll all say it. There's so much going on, you know, and then it's just, then it has to just explode. And, you know, how are you going to, how are you going to tell an explosion how to, how to react, you know? Yeah. You or, yeah or you've had so. an issue with this guy since junior. Yeah. And, right. And, yeah. and you've just never been able to get to him or whatever. And all of a sudden, here's your chance. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, so somebody watching the game, well, it's like, oh, I don't know why you had to punch him in the scrum like that. He didn't even do anything. Yeah, no, yeah. he did something two years ago in St. John. That's why he got it right there because the guy's still mad about it, right? Like, there's yeah. always just stories behind the things that go on. Most of the time, it's like it's it's not like this shit. Just they just did it because ah, well, what the hell? Let's just throw a sucker shot on this guy. I mean, some guys mm-hmm. might like. I mean, a Barnaby might do that or whatever to get things going just to be a dick. But for the most part, guys will do it because there's a reason why they're doing it. They're not just doing yeah. it. Yeah, you don't you don't know the history. No, you know? and, and, and you, we're not and on the also, ice, right? Yeah, you're not on the ice. You 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 don't. I mean, a lot of these people they've never even played a sport. You know, you could just go out and go play any sport. Anytime you're competing, you know, you you get to a different place yeah. than just being a normal person. You know, I'm not going to punch someone, you know, in the mouth, at, you know, over a cup of coffee, you know, but something happens, on, you know, in a game. Well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. I mean, even if it's just like just a wreck thing or whatever, guys are like, uh-huh. you got guys all of a, yeah, you might be 30s, 40s. I mean, the juices are going. I mean, you know, I mean, but there's, cause it does, there's always that guy. Doesn't matter there's what you're guy. doing, there's yeah. always that guy. Uh-huh. And it's like, yep. yeah, okay, we've gone to the corner a few times. You've managed to slash me twice. You caught me on the wrist once. It's like, okay, listen, do it mm-hmm. again and see what happens. And it's like, but right away, people, oh, yeah, oh, you should be doing But it's like, yeah, the old fire gets stoked a little bit. Uh-huh. And, yeah, it shit happens, right? There's always that guy. Yep, there's always going to be that guy, too. What's interesting, I was going to ask you when you were talking about uh, uh, LaFerriere there, did you ever, like, have it just to sit down, just you and him, just bullshitting about hockey? Like, you said he didn't like the oh, Rangers. Like, are you just, how did you know that? Did he tell you that? 
Yeah, yeah, he yeah, he just told me that he yeah, he was a great guy just to talk to at the time. He was like he was like training for like uh Ironman, you know, runs and stuff like that. Guy was just he was just like chiseled out of stone. And um he was but he couldn't he couldn't have been a nicer guy. He was just he was great with all the kids. He actually during his time I cuz I told him I said, "Look, um this is your ice whenever you want it to be, you know. I I don't know anything that you know. So anytime you want to come out and help the kids, come on out." So he would do that. He would come out and um, work with them. And I, I explain a drill and run him through the drill and he'd kind of watch. And then I would just kind of watch him as he watched the drill. And I'd be like, okay, how do you want to fix that? You know? And then he'd tell me how to fix it. And then we'd, and then we'd fix it. All right. Sorry. You take over with that. And then he would do it. But yeah, so he, he would, he would talk about that. He talked about, you know, a little bit about like when growing up, you know, he had, he had, like his yard, his yard was full of trees and he had, it would, it would like uh, flood. And so it would all freeze. And that, and that's how he would, he would go out and skate with a puck between the trees. Like he would be able to, and that's how he, you know, would just kind of practice every single day, skating around trees and stuff like that. But I never got into it with him about like guys he didn't like or anything like that. I don't, I don't think he would have told me cause he was just, he was a nice, he was a nice guy when it came to stuff like that, but just a real approachable, cool guy. How's Pronger? different different from different from that he had not, he had really nothing to say to anyone so that's that that's about yeah i don't I you know yeah yeah never but you know at the time he was also you know kind of like the cat i think he might have been captain of the flyers at the time or definitely a big big star on the team so yeah no he didn't he didn't really talk to anyone Hmm. That's too bad. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I don't want to trash him, but, you know. Yeah, you know, that's, yeah, it is what it is. Um, yeah. what's it, it, you, I, I guess I should have asked, told you this offline, but I see you got, um, it says Primo story. Uh, yeah, so that was just another thing, like how, you know, it was, it was just awesome just being a fight fan, being a, you know, being a, a hockey fan in general, my son growing up playing, he, there was a little while where he started playing goal and, um, down here goalies, you can't find them. I, well, you know, I so was say, that's every parent's we, nightmare right there. It, yes. Yes. And so, you know, luckily for me, he, cause he was, you know, coach his kid for a little bit. So, you know, we, we'd have, we'd have a game. No, we didn't have a goalie. So it would be like, all right, we got to do a rotation. It's alphabetical here's his goal each, each game, you know, and then you'd show up and, you know, little Johnny's crying because his grandparents are in the stands for the first time and they don't want to see him play goal. They want to see him skate, you know, see him score. So I'd be like, all right, you know, I'd turn to my son. I'm like, put the pads on You're, you know, you're it. Cause he's crying. So, you know, so it was like that. So he actually, he ended up getting pretty good. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just at work one day and, uh, my phone rings. And I, I, you know, I check it on my lunch break and it's, and it's like, Oh, Hey, Hey, Hey Dante. It's uh Keith Primo. Uh, I heard your son plays goalie. Give me a call back. I need him for, uh, for a thing I'm doing. And I'm just like, I'm pretty sure he just said he was Keith Primo. <laughs> yeah. You know? So then I, so I play it back like five times and I'm like, Holy, you know, cause I, you know, I remember I watching the, the Probert uh, fight at practice and, yeah. um, you know, so I was like, all right, this is pretty awesome. I, you know, so I, you know, this guy's calling me, you know, 
So he couldn't have been a nicer guy either. I, you know, I called him back and what he needed, he just needed, he was running like a three on three, some three on three league, um, out of one of the hockey rinks. And so he needed, he needed goalie to, uh, just fill in on the team so that my son was just like on call as the goalie. Whenever, whenever the team needed a goalie, he would go out there and, and play. So, and now, and now, uh, Primo's kid's a goalie, Caden, he's a goalie. He's, he's been playing in Montreal, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was, that was pretty cool. It wasn't really a fight story so much as like, you know, just, just having, having, you know, on your, on your voicemail, this, you know, guy who was fighting with Bob Probert that you watched a video of a hundred times, <clears throat> you know, a lot of the blue. Yeah. I know. That's a little wild. Yeah. Look at you, mm-hmm. man, look mm-hmm. at you just that uh, you know, a man of the, amongst the, the, the big shots. Holy. Was, the stars. <laughs> hang it. Yeah. Well, and, it was the same thing with Oliwa too. That that was another that was another one where like again when my son was training, um, you know, one of the coaches was like, Oh, you know, here's this guy, give this guy a call. He he put, he played in the NHL. Um, he's 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 training kids now. And he like gives me the number, you know, gives me the name and all the information. I'm like, He played in the NHL, it's Christoph freaking Oliwa. Like, you, know, you know what I mean? And I'm like, is it the same? I mean, is that a common Polish name? Is it is this just not as big of a deal to to people who aren't fight fans? You know, and so that's how I ended up, you know, ended up talking with Oliwa and uh, and what he's doing now. So, um, yeah, so I thought that was like really awesome too. I was like, holy shit, you know, it's another really cool guy. That guy's got stories for days, Oliwa. But um, yeah, it was just kind of kind of like funny. It's just like he said it so offhandedly, like you know. Um, he's not, you know, just, yeah, he played a couple games in the NHL. He played a little while in the NHL. I'm like, nah, man, <laughs> that's like, that's like Oli Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Played a few more than yeah. just a couple. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Wait, was, and your quest for Ty Domi turns into a card obsession. What is this all about? Uh, uh yeah, yeah. So you're a cards guy. So you're, you're, yeah. you're uh, enforcer cards guy. So that, I, that was it. So when we, um, do you have Wawa by you? You know what Wawa's are? I have no idea what that is. No. That's, was, all right, so that's this a, is like a Seven Eleven or a, something. Like, yes, yes, yeah, okay. yes. It's a Seven Eleven. It's Seven Eleven now. It's it's so much of a. It's more of a coffee shop at this point, pretty much. But yeah, but back in the day, you know, during during all this, the, the the Sega Genesis time, and just making our own fight tapes and all the time, we uh, I just ran a Wawa one, and uh, they had hockey cards at the, at the register. I mean, you can't even find hockey cards now. Like they're they're like impossible. You got to go to like a card shop or get them, yeah, get them online or something. But yeah, so so yeah, they're just you know a deck of a pack of hockey cards sitting on the counter. And I was like, oh, you know, I was joking with my buddy, and I just said like, oh, well, let's see if I can get a, let's see if I can pull a Ty Domi in in this first pack. And I didn't, but I did get Marty McSorley. Um, I think the one you just, you were talking about, the you know the L.A. Kings one. Black jersey, yep. L.A. Kings, Marty McSorley card, and I was like, "Oh shit, okay, this is cool," and that just that just became it. Like, you know, every time I went there, I made sure I bought as many cards as I had cash for. You know, no no ATM, no uh, you know debit cards back then. No cash, you know. And so, you know, I just buy cards all the time, trying to trying to get a dome, trying to get a dome, trying to get a dome because that was my guy back then, and. uh and yeah, so I never, I never got it, but you know, my dad would always do this. Like he was, he would always be listening in on whatever we were talking about or whatever. And, uh, you know, he was, he was, a he was a bricklayer. So, you know, just 
you get summoned, you know, to his room. <laughs> and it was never normally a good thing. You know, he, he mostly just kind of came home and counted our limbs and, and went, went into his room. So, you know, it's a tough day. But, uh, yeah, he summoned me into his room. And I'm like, oh, shit, I don't, I don't remember doing anything here, you know. And I just kind of go in there, and he's like, what are you buying all these cards for? <laughs> and I'm like, ah, I'm just trying to get a, trying to get a tie domi. And he's like, knock that shit off. And I'm like, okay, I didn't really realize that was a bad thing or whatever. And then he throws the Tai Domi card, you know, at me. So, and I was like, he's like, you're done. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'll, okay, you know. And he was only kidding that he didn't really care that I was buying hockey cards, but he was just that was his way of saying, I got you the Tai Domi card, you know. <laughs> um, so I was like, all right, thanks, Dad, you know. But uh, yeah, so so th- and that and that that's still like I, I have like an obsessive personality with stuff like that, so I'll just. You know, still, I'm still like collecting, collecting the cards. I have a, a little shop where, actually, my daughter likes to go with me and and look at the, uh, look at the different cards and try to find different ones, and and it's cool. I put, you know, I put it out there on the on the Facebook message board whenever I, whenever I get a cool one, and then I'll, you know, I keep an eye out for other for other collectors too. Or just like, send me what you're looking for. If I see it, I'll get it. You know. Yeah. But yeah, so that's that's fun, and now they're. Um, you know, now they have all kinds of crazy stuff like box breaks and all that. You ever do any of those? Well, I mean, I, I, I will say like my brothers told me about them and I've seen a few of the videos. I mean, I'm not into like, I just buy my meatball cards and that's good enough for me. I'm like, I, I'm not buying yeah. anything new. I mean, but I can't, I still can't get over like in one of the malls that we go to, there's a, a card shop in there and I go in and I just look at the prices of these things. I'm like. God damn, I remember it was 25 cents a pack. I mean, or in the uh-huh. 90s, I guess it got up to 99 cents a pack. But I'm looking at this. They got box. They're like $400 a box, and you get like th- a, a pack of five cards. I'm like, yeah. Oh, but, oh, you get the Connor McDavid fucking DNA card, one of three or something. Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's like crazy shit now. I mean, I know, yeah, what, you're, I know what you're talking about. I've never like bought any of that stuff but i mean yeah it's gone like to next it's like stocks now like guys are like speculating and shit right like yes yes yeah and and they're like investments now and it's it's like for someone like me it's really easy to get caught up in that shit because it's fun you know like oh yeah with the with the box breaks it's like you some some guy has you know four boxes with different different sets of cards and you know whatever and then you know there's different ways they do it but like you can you know you pay 50 bucks and you get you get a team and then sometimes it's randomized sometimes let you pick the team so if you know what you're looking for you know what i mean like if if you happen to know that 2016 set has you know a card that's selling for five grand and and that's what they are selling for some of them yeah um you know you want you know you want to pick that you want to pick that team you know but sometimes it's all random and then and then they you know they make a video and they, they, they have a live show and pull the cards and they put yours aside. And it's like, you know, what the hell? <laughs> it's, you know, it's kind of exciting, but, uh, and, and that, and now it's moving into the world of NFTs. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen, you've seen those, they, they have NFTs of, uh, actually, they actually have the Sega Genesis. So they have, they have, uh, you can buy, um, someone, someone, having a basil basil mccray versus uh, i think the one i saw was basil mccray versus shell samuelson of all things but it was yeah basil mccray versus shell samuelson 
fighting on Sega Genesis. They show the they show the fight, and you can buy that and you own that, and somehow that's money for you. Like, but yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that whole cryptocurrency and NFTs and all that. Yeah, I'm not really. I know a little bit, but it's just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's a lot of pump and dump going on there or what, but yeah, I don't know. Seems a little sketchy some of that stuff, but but it's definitely yeah, it's yeah. it's certainly a new it's a new deal, that's for sure. Yeah, it 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 it, it is a new thing and um it's hard. You know, it's like one of those things where you don't want to be you know, you don't want to be the guy who didn't who didn't buy the $2 lottery ticket sometimes, you know. You know, at the work at the work and they all threw in and you're still punching in and they're all somewhere else but oh yeah that's like oh yeah with the whole gamestop thing and all that so oh you should have got in on mm-hmm. that and all that and the bitcoin yep. when it was what and i mean i never did but it's just kind of you look now and it's like oh damn maybe i should have you know but yeah i don't know yeah so but yeah that's funny with your with the card obsession yeah it, uh yeah i could i could definitely see that yeah like when like especially in the night like that early 90s was kind of that whole the explosion, right, of the card scene and the junk, the junk wax and all that stuff, and uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I've yeah, seen that's so much the shame of, that of it. Yeah, uh huh. I have so much of it too, and that's the stuff that nobody wants to pay you for. Like that's that it was mass produced and overproduced, and nobody, you know. But yep. hey, I didn't care. I was having fun. You know? Oh yeah, unless you can get something that's graded a ten, then maybe you can make some money on it. But other than that, yeah, it's like. uh yeah, so that's why I just sort of I just stuck to keeping the enforcers, and I mean back then, man, those pro set uh, that was money for the enforcers back then to get goons. It was the pro set set because they made cards for everybody. Yes, yes, that I I had a I think I had a uh, finally pulled a Tidomi Winnipeg out of one of those. So, <laughs> yeah. So Domi, yeah, that's funny. I, for, you know, I sort of forget that. Well, I mean, I guess Domi started in Toronto, then then went to New York. But yeah, it was kind of uh, well. Well, you grew like you said, you grew up in Philly and stuff. What made you a Ranger guy? That's surprising. So yeah, so that it was, and it wasn't easy. Um, yeah, because you know I was the lone guy. Me and me and my buddy Kenny Ronduge. Um We, uh, my dad was born and raised in the Bronx, and he was like die hard. Yankees, Giants, whatever. And so as soon as we got into hockey, he was like, oh, well, you're a Rangers fan, you know? And that's what, you know, just how it had to be in, in that house. So, um, and that was fine. I liked it. You know, it was cool. I, I, like, I like being being a little bit different than everybody else. And, uh, you know, and so that, that was it. And I just never, I just never wavered. So, and we've had some good ones. I mean, we, we don't, you know, they get a bad rap, the Rangers sometimes for their lack of toughness, but we, you know, we tend to get the, the past is prime champion, right? Like we bring them in, we bring them in when they're past their prime kind of, kind of thing. So, um, but at least they go get them. Well, it's interesting. You have Joe Kosa written down here. Yeah. Yeah. And so he, so he's my, what, if I I put that on the on the on the uh, Facebook group one time, put that question out to everybody. How do you, how do you decide? How do you decide who who gets to claim? What fan base gets to claim a fighter? You know, and he's one for me where it's always kind of like, as a Rangers fan, I want to claim him. You know, yeah. um, but uh, but I don't know. For I had I had the Bruise Brothers fight tape. 
with yeah. him and him and Probert. And so, like, it's hard for me still to not see him as a Red Wing, you know. But uh, he well, was – I he was – No, no, go go ahead. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, his, his – he doesn't have the, the, the card, uh, the fight card to really – like, everybody loves to talk about him, you know. Um, and he's definitely one of my favorites of all time. But it's hard to put him in, like – it's hard to put him too high in a, in a top 10 list, in my opinion, because he doesn't, you know, he was, he was the number two to Probert. And then when he came to New York, he, it was, it was his show. Um, but like, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't always have, he doesn't have a lot of those big names that, that uh, some of the other guys who I rank higher uh, do, you know, but everybody loves that right hand, you know, to me with kosher, the right hand, obviously, is, is a huge factor. But also his his left arm. I would I would love to see a, a circa nineteen ninety four picture of of Joey Kosher's left tricep because when he if you watch when he comes in, he always comes in with his hands down and they're always moving a little bit, you know, like he's getting his timing down, and then he shoots that left out, and it that thing just becomes just a steel pipe like it does not bend like he just straightens a guy straight out and and that's how a lot of times he's able to like maneuver a little bit to get that right hand off you know i i feel like that's a everybody loves the right hand for joey kosher but that left arm was also part of that part of that weapon no that's true that's very true and like yeah i'm agreeing with all of this yeah it uh yeah, that's the thing with Koser, and I think actually Alec and I talked about it on his episode with, um, yeah, he was always like, I always felt like, well, and so do you, but yeah, like he was sort of the the number two in Detroit, and, uh, but yeah, I think he kind of really came into his own in New York, I always thought, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, not not to say that he wasn't capable of it in Detroit, because he was, he had some big fights against big name guys, it wasn't like he was fighting all the you know, underneath guys or anything, but it was like, yeah, I think New York, when it kind of came his show and whatever, uh, yeah, no, I agree. I think, yeah. And like you said, everybody, that's true. I've never actually thought about it that way with the left, but yeah. Yeah. When he grabbed a hold of you and it was all just setting you up right for the big, for the, Mm -hmm. for the the right. And, uh, yeah, I think when he clamped onto you, it was sort of, that was about the end of that. Yeah, he he would straighten that left, and then you know most of the. I mean, if you were righty going up against him, and he's he's just got that. He's almost got you sideways a lot of times with that with that left. So it's probably hard to get off anything good on him with that. Well, I know we're kind of we're kind of jumping all over here. Well, since we're talking about the Rangers, of course we have to talk about the uh, you know the, the the current situation with Reeves there. Um, well, I guess just in general, just what are your thoughts on Ryan Reeves? And I love Ryan Reeves. Um, I'm pissed at Ryan Reeves for for the the situation with uh, with Washington. I mean, I I mean, look again. I can't judge the guy. I can't truly say I'm pissed at him. I just wish it was a different time um, for fights because to me, like Ryan Reeves is a guy that gets a bad rap because of the error he fights in, and I don't I don't agree with that either. You know, what's he gonna do? You know, this is who he has to fight, yeah. um, and he doesn't. He doesn't get a lot of opportunities. But the the guy's a monster. 
you know. Um, so, but uh, I, you know, the situation with Washington, I, I also love Tom Wilson, right? <laughs> um, so I, I was, you know, as a Rangers fan, I'm like, oh, crap, you just cracked our Tim Panarin's head like an egg on the ice. But um, as a fight fan, I'm like, that's kind of cool, you know. Um, but I think like Reeves saying, you know, he comes out and he says, I'm the solution to your Tom Wilson problem. And the whole front office gets fired and they bring in, you know, all these guys who have some grit and they bring you in because you're the top guy in the league and you basically you basically put yourself front and center, right? Sign me New York. And, uh, and then, you know, the NHL makes that first game of the season televised and you're lined up there against Alexander Ovechkin. And Ovechkin comes over, hey, hey, big boy, how was your summer? Well, no, man. You don't joke around and say, great, yeah, how was yours? No, you say, uh, don't worry about my summer. I'm going to grab you and slam you onto the ice as soon as that puck drops. If you don't like that, before he drops the puck, go get Wilson and let him take this drop. That that That's what should have happened, right? And then the whole game, there's nothing from Ryan Reeves, the whole game. So I'm like, what the hell? What, what was this summer-long buildup of, you know, I'm the solution to your Tom Wilson problem? Well, you, you he Tom Wilson didn't think twice about jumping on, uh, you know, Pavel Buchnevich's back and punching him in the back of the head and then tossing Panarin around. Like he didn't, he didn't think twice about it. So you, you, your your response is supposed to be okay. Well, guess what, Ovechkin, you're our Panarin. So that's that's what's about to happen to you. You want if you don't want that, go get Wilson out here, and then and then we settle this, and then and then we move on with the rest of the game. But no, it didn't happen. It hasn't happened. He's fought Reeves has fought what, twice. Once against a rookie that he didn't even mean to fight. He didn't know. That was kind of hilarious. I thought. Um, and then the other day when he fought and got punched in the back of the head, people wanted to, wanted to say there's a new, there's a new heavyweight, but you know, it's kind of been like, if you, if you're, if you're going to step to the front of the line and say, you know, come trade for me because I'm going to do this for you. And then you just never, never do it. I mean, he's hitting everybody. The team's playing great. I get it, but no offense to Ryan Reeves, but if he's suspended, the first 10 games of the season, what's going to happen? You know, he ends up getting slew footed by PK Subban and he's out for a whole bunch of games anyway. So, and that's another guy. That's another guy that somebody at some point just needs to stop inviting him to fight, just beat the shit out of him. And then maybe it stops. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that goes back to what we're talking about with Dave Brown, right? I'm not, I'm not asking you to fight. I'm telling you we're going to now, how you react to that. It's up to you. But I'm going to be dropping uh-huh. this glove here right away. Yeah, and it's like, yep. yeah, no, exactly. And like, uh, yeah, and I think I ranted about Reeves, and I like Reeves too. And I think, but I think I ranted about that same thing. It's like they bring you in, and it's like, what are you doing? Like, you're not really. But at the same time, I guess the argument could be made. Well, they're winning, so what does it matter? Well, okay, I mean, yeah, but at the same time, I think Reeves does take a lot of shit on the message boards and stuff that's unwarranted, like. 
you know, it's like, well, I don't know what you get mad at him for. Shouldn't you be mad at like everyone else that doesn't fight? Like, yes. You know, like, I don't know what, it's not Reeves' fault. You know, it's like, now at the same time, he could probably be a little more proactive at the same time. I mean, you know, but then it comes down to like, like you said, it sort of falls into that, the the new age rules, right? Like they've really taken, Mm -hmm. they've taken the policing out of the game and there really isn't anything like everybody, like you were just saying, well, just grab him and don't give him a choice. And I agree, but you're getting suspended if you do it. You know, so it's like, well, do you want to take the suspension or not? Like, you know, and some of these guys, like a PK Subban, that's what exactly what they need. It, that's exactly what they need. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, it might sound like, and it's like, you talk like that, and it's like, you know, yeah, it might sound archaic and everything else, but I'm like, well, PK Subban needs to get his nose broken. Mm-hmm. Or his jaw busted or something. Like, you, not just, oh, a couple lumps on the head. It's like, no. He's going to have to feel some pain here because you're acting like a fucking idiot and the rules are allowing you to because no one can do anything. Well, and then everybody just comes over and everything's like, like, I mean, I'm sure he's been challenged a million times to fight. Well, he's never going to fight you. No. You know? Yeah. And that's what, that's what it has to be. It has to be like, you don't, you're not getting the option, you know? And that's what, you know, we talked a little bit about with Thornton and Orpik, you know, he, he gave him the option, and then when he didn't take it, he was like, no, listen, this is happening, and, you know, that didn't go well. But, um, but yeah, that's what you – and, again, like, I, do, I want, do I want Ryan Reeves to, to injure Ovechkin? No, you know, but what I want him to do is just, you know, at least rough him up, at least, you know, do something to, to uh, send the message back to Washington. What, when did it happen? You could, they got, the Rangers got embarrassed in the whole rest of the game. Yeah, you know, so whether it was six two or something like that, so it was like, what? Yeah, what was your point here? You know, that I didn't understand what the point of it all was, and it just ended up looking bad. So I don't know. That's that's a, um, that's the problem with the code. With you know the the one thing, I don't think you listening to you and listening to Alec, you guys don't have a problem with what the code was when they, when the, you know, the guy who wrote that book, um, it's loaded with enforcers and, um, you know, people who, who agree. The problem is that it's the newer fan has misinterpreted the code. And so they use the phrase, the code incorrectly. Right. So like in that situation, if you want to, you know, use what, what the code actually was supposed to be, Ryan Reeves broke the code by not beating the shit out of Ovechkin, you know, by not telling Ovechkin, go get Wilson because this needs to be settled now, you know. Yep. Tom Wilson didn't break the code. Nope. Tom Wilson did not break the code, you know. And so people saying, like, oh, he, you know, he's a bully, he's this, he's that. No, no, he's not. He's a great hockey player that I, I would have won on my team every day of the week. Because he, you know, he's going to do whatever it takes to win, yep. and so you know he, he didn't break the code. The code's broken because Reeves doesn't make him pay for what he did. You know that's that's the problem. And the, the you know the Batherson the bat the the Batherson situation. That kid, he's a young he's a young star. You know the kind of kind of player that the game needs. You know and the you know the what was it Aaron Dell or whatever the goalie who steps out and just drills him. 
Like what? Like what the hell? You know, why isn't every player on the Ottawa's ice beating the shit out of that goalie? Yeah. Like, well, what did I see the other day? Then somebody hit Montreal's goalie, and no one did anything. No one did does anything. Cassian hit him. Didn't Matt Cassian hit the Montreal goalie, and everyone just sat and looked at him. Like, what are we yeah. doing? What are we doing here? Yeah. Like, what is that? Well, we were just what we were talking about forty minutes ago, and uh, you know, there's Probert beating on McGuire and Barrasso, and like, uh-huh. yeah, because he touched Iserman, right? It's just like, yeah, I don't. Right. Yeah. Like you should have having got you should have been prying guys off of Cassian at that point, but it's just, you know, I yeah. I, well, and then I said the sad thing is, is okay. So after all this shit, the next time Montreal plays Edmonton, yeah, yeah, okay, someone's gonna come out and challenge Cassian to fight, and they'll square off and they'll fight, and after it's done, they'll be bum taps to each other. Oh, right, good job, bro. Like, and then of course all the guys in the fight board will like I call it code boners. They'll all get code boners over it. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. That, yeah. That's a, oh, that's just so respectful. Well, the guy cranked your goalie. What are we being respectful for? Like I don't. Understand mm-hmm. this? Like, what do you mean? Yeah, yeah, and that's not the code. No, like that's you know, if you if if those people would get that book and actually read it, that's not the code. The code is as soon as that goalie is hit, that dude that dude gets his head caved in, you know, and that's how that goes. And and then if they want to send out someone to challenge their top fire after that, then that's fine too. But no, not this like we'll do it. We'll do a staged fight next game or something like that. That's nonsense. Well, I think it's, be, yeah, well, it's become so sterile. Well, I guess the rules have made it so stagey, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I've always hated the term because it's like a lot of people use it because it's, oh, it's a fight that doesn't mean anything. Well, fuck, it means something to the two guys that are in it. I don't know if I'd <laughs> yeah. call it that it uh-huh. doesn't mean anything, but I mean, it's a mm-hmm. setup from the, like you said, if somebody fights Cass in here, it's like, yeah, well, it, you know, it's from the game before, but it's just like, I don't know. I guess my issue with people using the code is like, I think a lot of times history is revisionist in a lot of things. And I think people, they sort of romanticize this idea of it. And it's like, you know, oh, it's two, two respected gladiators. And it's like, eh, you know, no, nah, it's Dave Brown pissed off, ready to kick the shit out of you. It's what it is. It's like, I don't respect yeah. a gladiator. I, you guys are putting way too much into this. It's like, and like this term bully and all this stuff, it's like, yeah, it's kind of what an enforcer is. I mean, I know it's an ugly word nowadays and we're not supposed to use it, but it's like, nah, that's, ex- there, there's a team in Philadelphia that won a bunch of Stanley Cups doing that. Like, uh huh. that's sort of what sports is, is to sort of dominate and bully the other team. Is it not? I mean, that's how I always looked at it. That's exactly what it should be. Yeah. yeah. But it's just that's looked exactly at as this, like dirty word now. Like, yeah, you're like, well, yeah, like people complain about Reeves. Oh, he's a bully. He's mean. Well, yeah. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, what are you saying? Like, and like I said, and it, it's one thing if it was on Twitter and it's coming from some 15 year old with a Japanese anime profile picture. Well, like, okay, <laughs> Reeves is mean, yeah. but I'm reading this in a goddamn fight group. Right. Re- yeah. Really? Like, and you're crying yeah. that Reeves is mean. Uh huh. And you, but yeah. Uh, yeah. But you've been watching hockey since the eighties. Like, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't understand the fight groups either. No. Like, yeah, I don't understand. I don't like. I even I put in there, you know, the other day. I was like, I don't understand why you guys are in this group. You know, because the the the, the other one, the, the other one, the Taylor Hall, Taylor Hall hits McKinnon. 
right? Okay. I don't have a problem with the hit. The hits, that's what I want Taylor Hall to do, you know? But then when, when uh, if you're going to take a run like that, if you're going to hit a star player like Nathan McKinnon and bloody his face and leave him writhing on the ice and his teammate challenges you and it's, you know, Gabriel Landis caught, not to take anything away from him, but like, it's not, well, it's not you know, it, coming after you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you're Taylor Hall. And, and so guess what? You, you're supposed to, you're supposed to, you're supposed to face him, drop the gloves and fight him. You don't run or run around the ice, like avoiding him like that and have like, you know, other guys on the team go after him. And then people criticize Colorado, you know, of, you know, they're babies, you know, you shouldn't have to fight after a hit. No, not every hit. You shouldn't have to fight after every hit, but look, that's your star player who just got drilled. So what do you, what do you, if you have no response, if there's, there's no, no pushback, what are you telling the team? You know, go ahead, hit us all. You know, bloody all our faces. We're good. You know, no. <laughs> you 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 step up and you fight. And then Taylor Hall should have fought him. You know, it doesn't. I, you know, I don't. I don't care if it's a great fight. Drop the gloves. Grab him if you if you got to just grab him and wrestle him to the ground or whatever. You you have to do it. You know. And people in the fight on the fight groups are like, no, the the you know, Colorado Avalanche are babies. It's a clean hit. No, I'm not saying it's not a clean hit. I'm just saying if you're gonna if you're gonna do that if you want to be a big boy and run around and hit star players like that, answer for it. Or don't do it. You, you know? Well, yeah. Well, that it drives me crazy. Yeah, well, it was the hit, who it was, the the theater of it, because now you're busting them up, too. And it's like, yeah, yeah but you're just, and that's your captain and that your meal ticket, right? Lying yep. there, and you're just supposed to let that go, because if you go over there, that's being a baby. Like, oh, right. my God. Like, yeah. No, and then someone, what do you want? What, you know? It's hitting. What do you want? Non-contact? You want, you want hockey to be non-contact? No, I'll, no. I'm asking for the opposite of non-contact. I'm fine with the hit. I love the hit. You know, but then if that's, if that's the guy you want to hit, get ready, you know, because if that's, if that's Wayne Gretzky, get ready, you know, the different, it's a different thing. So I, you know, the groups drive me crazy. It's like you always say, like, I don't, it's like, I don't think these people actually like fighting. I don't understand why they're on the group. Like if you, if you don't like fighting, why are you in this group? Go to, go join a different group. Well, yeah. And I, I, yeah. And I think it's just, well, one, I guess like we were saying before, right. There's a certain level of like Homerism fanboy thing that gets involved. And it's like, okay, yeah. well just try to, I mean, eliminate that from the conversation and just have it a versus B. Um, like I said, I think people have put so much into fighting now and, oh, I like fighting, but, but it has to mean yeah. something, but it has to be spur of the moment, but it has to be two equal guys, but it can't be versus an 18 year, but, 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 but they, like they put in all these like rules. It's like, oh, it's it, like, and like I said, at the end, like I've said it a bunch of times already, but it's at the end of the day, it's a bare bones. It's two guys fighting a fist fight on ice. You're trying yep. to make this way more than it is. Like, yeah, I always say it's like this. I don't know if people understand what I mean, but it's like a lot of these guys have this Norman Rockwell view of hockey fighting, like this quaint Mayberry thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's two respectful gladiators, and let's have a duel, sir. You know, and it's just like, 
No, <laughs> no, it's not like that. No, no, no. Or it no, should. It is like that. That's the problem, and it shouldn't be. And well, it's like mm-hmm. no. I don't know. It's. I guess it's just a different. Well, like you were talking with the code, like you said, you had just read the book. And we're gonna we're talking about it here, but well, like you, I, well, I already know what your answer is going to be. But I mean, in the eighties and nineties, when we were growing up, I never heard the. I've I never heard anyone say that. Oh, no, the, that did not exist. That the code, yeah. like no one ever on the no. playground ever said, "Oh, that fucking Dave Brown broke the code last night." Like no. what? Like no one ever said that. I never even on yeah. the fight message yeah. boards back in the like, fried chicken days. I was talking about no one ever mentioned the code. I never heard of this. This is all new age mm-hmm. shit. It's yeah. new age. Yeah, the the guy who wrote the book, he calls it that, and he calls it that because he's trying. Like the book is trying to explain why fighting does exist in hockey. And he's, he's trying to, you know, it's his way of kind of like rationalizing it. And actually, um, you know, you say that, you know, you, you're, you're worrying that people are tired of the lists. No, I love the lists. Keep the lists coming. I don't care what they are. Keep them coming. Every, I, I put everything in a list, but, um, there is a list in the code, so if you if you want to run through that, we can we could do that too. It's the top ten reasons why there is fighting in hockey, so we can run that back if you want. But but yeah, I mean that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to like make sense of it for people who maybe don't understand why in all the other sports this doesn't exist. Why does it exist in hockey? And it is it is in defense of of the Dave Browns of you know, the Marty McSorley, uh, in a weird way of the Marty McSorley, um, Brashear incident, which, you know, you can't defend it. I've watched that so many times. The stick is swinging in an upward arc. He knows how to hit a shoulder if he wants to, you know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be coming from down up, you know, just be straight across if he's just trying to tap the shoulder, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, in that, in the way the book says it, the one who broke the code is not Mario McSorley. It's Brashear. It's Brashear for running around, running the goalie, flexing at the bench, and turning down the fight again and again. And McSorley's coach, everyone on the bench saying, we're going to take this? Who's going to do something about this? You know? And so that's, where, that's what this book is, is about. And then people have misinterpreted it. You know, and they say McSorley broke the code. No, no, he didn't break the code. He he did something awful, right? Yeah. But like it's Brashear who broke the code. Because yeah. what Brashear should have done is he should have he should have fought Marty. Yeah. He should have fought him. And he didn't, you know. Well um, that's always everybody's justification as well. Brashear had already fought him once and beat him up. And he had beat him up the game yeah. before, whatever. So why does he have to mm-hmm. keep fighting him and beating him up? And it's like he doesn't need to. But he has egged it on since that this is the yeah. problem. If they had just if mm-hmm. he had just played the game and hadn't done any of that shit, okay. The problem is is you've now egged it on, you've done the flex, you've been mouthing off for the bench, you did the hand wipe thing, on and on and on, and then Marty came out and you keep saying no, no, no. Well now I'm sure obviously he wasn't expecting a stick in the side of the head, obviously, but Mm-mm. you gotta know, and he's not dumb. Especially at the end of the game and whatever, he knows Marty's coming. He knows he's coming. Yep. But yep. yet you kind of you want to turn your back and whatever. Again, I'm not justifying Marty hitting him with the stick, but it's like no. 
But it takes me back to like, well, I'm going to go completely off topic here, but like the Bertuzzi, Steve Moore thing. Yeah. I mean, everybody wants to blame Bertuzzi and all oh, it was terrible and whatever. And like I said, I'm not saying it should have, well, he deserved the broken neck. I'm not saying that. But at the same no. time, what everyone seems to forget is the suspension that Moore took hitting Marcus Nasland the game, the two games before that and putting Naslin out, who was their best player, and who the fuck is Steve Moore, with a cheap hit, yes. and he got suspended for it. It wasn't, again, Bertuzzi just didn't do this out of the blue. And no. everybody calls it, like they always say, it's a sucker punch. I said, well, it's pretty tough to be a sucker punch when you tell the guy for 30 seconds you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's sort of taxing the definition of the word sucker. So it's like, uh, no, he gave Moore a full opportunity to fight. He followed him around the ice for 30 seconds. And again, it's a 9-3 game or whatever the score. It was a blowout score in the third period. I don't know what Moore thought was going to happen. You have a guy that's so mad, he is following you around the ice for 30 seconds, yelling, let's go, let's go, let's go. And you're going to turn your back to him and, like, what, draw a penalty? Like, I don't understand. Now, I'm not saying he should have got what he got, but I don't know what you thought was going to happen to you. Like, right. I, like stay off the ice or just fight them. Yeah. If you're not going to fight. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, that's what I want. Fight them. But like, if you're not going to fight them, get off the ice. You, what do you think? Like you're saying, what do you think they're, what do you think they want to do to you at this point? Well, yeah. And it's like, it's not a, it, yeah, it's not, it's not a two, one playoff game in game seven. Like, no, <laughs> yeah. it's a middle of the game nine, three. And this, the whole, you know, the whole world's mad at you. And this guy's mm-hmm. telling you we're fighting, we're fighting, we're fighting. And it's like, who turns their back on that? And like I said, Steve Moore has been around. It's not like he's just, yeah. oh, this. I, what, what's going on here? Like, he knows exactly what's going on. So I don't know yeah. why he put himself in that position. Like, what do you, come on, man. Like, now it's an unfortunate incident. No, no, I mean, obviously Bertuzzi wasn't trying to break his neck either. But like I try to no. tell people, like imagine your best friend got laid out and then the guy who did it won't fight you. Are you yeah. not going to just snap at some point? Well, that's what exactly what happened, you know. But yeah. then right away it's like, oh, he broke the code though. Oh, God, the code. That's exactly, you yeah. don't understand what that means. Like, Yeah, that's the problem. You're misusing that term when you say it. You know, he didn't break the code. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's more who did, you know, more more wanted to smash a superstar and not and try not to answer for it. Yeah. And well, and then like so, the answer is, well, he fought Cook at the start of the game. That should have been it. Yeah. But well, it maybe. But you know what? Hey, guess what? In Vancouver's mind, it wasn't. That wasn't it. Yeah. So exactly. So then it's not it. <laughs> you know, it's, uh-huh. it, it, yeah. it, it's over when it's over. You don't get to decide yeah. when it's over. Yeah. It's, yeah. And if he had just fought Bertuzzi, and like I always laugh with Bertuzzi, it's not like Bertuzzi's freaking George LaRock. I mean, just fight him and get it over with. And then yeah. he would have, yeah, well, none of that would have happened. But I don't know. But, oh, I'm I'm getting, we're rambling or getting off topic. But you said... It's been a long time. I gotta rewrite, rewrite, reread this quote. I got it right in front of me here. Um, I need to read this book again. Um, you I, won't I, hate it. You won't. You you won't hate it. You, you're just. You'll just. I think you'll say exactly what I'm saying. Is it's being the term is being 
misused. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, I've read it before a long time ago and I read and it, yeah, and I mean, I get what you're saying. I I, I should say, I browsed through it again when you were talking about it um, earlier Uh when you said you were reading it last week. So I went and browsed through it when I could and uh, yeah, for some reason, yeah, it is, it's different than I thought it was for some reason. Um, Yeah, I guess what he's trying to do, for those that haven't read the book, um, it is by uh, Ross Bernstein, who actually was a former player, uh, or like he, I think he played college or something. So it's not like he was completely clueless. But I mean, he, um, I guess he's trying to make sense and write and trying to get people to understand unwritten like uh, unwritten rules, writing about unwritten rules. It's sort, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. And I guess that's what the mm-hmm. problem is. And it, and unless I think someone's played a competitive sport, they don't understand. That there is yeah. a game within a game and unwritten rules, and it doesn't matter at what level. There is, you, you, as you play and go up in levels, and play, it doesn't football, baseball, whatever. There's just you just learn that there's things you do and don't. No one pulls you aside and tells you, but you just sort of learn it that there's just shit you do and shit you don't do. Yes, and if you're gonna do, you can go do it, but you're gonna pay a price for it and understand that. And I think we've as time has gone on we've gotten away from that yeah completely and we've and we've protected the people who who want to quote unquote break the code without consequence yes would you call it last week consequence free hockey yeah right that's what that's what they that's what's happened and i don't know that's what i mean i that's what that's what got me mad at ryan reese i love ryan reese it's funny i mean he's he's his presence has obviously had an effect. The Rangers are doing great. I liked Ryan Reeves more before he was a Ranger because, you know, he's, he seemed like a, he seemed like the boogeyman, you know, he seemed like he, he was, he was all that we had left that was actually could, could still do it. And, uh, you know, and I was just, I, I was so excited when he, when the Rangers got him and then he just doesn't seem two fights, two fights. So, yeah, well, and that was the thing. Like I said, like he's very polarizing. I mean, a lot of people don't like him. Um, I don't get that. No, I mean, no, neither. Especially when it's like you know, freaking last the Mohicans, pretty much, right? It's sort of like almost yeah. like default. Shouldn't you like him? But it's, yeah, I've always and they're like, oh, he's caught. He's like whatever. I always just like him because he he is a dick. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I like that yeah. he does that shit. Like you know, and just like taunts the other team, and it's like it reminds me of a lot of like what Bugard used to do, like. It was like, yeah, you don't like it. Do something about it then. I'm right. going to keep doing it. And, like, yeah, like I always, I think I've talked about this before, but it was like a, it was a Hockey Night Canada game when Minnesota played the Canucks. And the Wild got up in the game, and it was 4-1 or, you know, whatever, towards the end of the third period. And Bugard came out in the ice, and it was just like he ran around and was, like, hitting guys. And, like, after the scrum, he was in there, and he was, like, slapping the Sedins around. No, he wasn't punching him, but I mean, he was like face washing him and like pushing him in the, you know, whatever, just be, just being an asshole. Yeah. And then he's looking at the Vancouver bench while he's doing it. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, do something about it. And like, no yeah. one did, you know, and whatever. And then after the game, of course, the media was talking to him about it. And he said the same, I think, what did he call the Sedins? I think he called him pinky in the brain or something, but he's the, uh-huh. the twin, but he's just like, I don't know. He goes, and they're like, oh, well, yeah, we just were in the Canucks locker room and they're mad about it. And he's just like, yeah, so do something about it then. Yeah. So yeah. Right. And he's like, just challenging them. Like, it's just like, 
yeah, we just proved a point to you. And like, it was a road game, I think for what Minnesota too. And it was just like, yeah. And it was just, but if like, if, if someone does that now, it's like, it's just like the end of the world that they're mean and it's, they shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. And yeah. It's like that, and especially a boo boy. Yeah. Well, you it's know, like, well, it's that's that error. Well, it's like, that's yeah. the point of him. Like, why do you have him? That's then? the point of him. Exactly. Yeah. What's he, he, this is, he's trying to justify his job. You know, yeah. like this is, so what's he going to do in a game like that? Why, you know, he's, he's out there to say, yeah, you still, you still want me on this team, you know, cause I'm going to do this. So yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, neither do I, but, uh, well, I mean, we're, uh, I mean, I guess we could kind of rant about this all day and I mean, we've got about an hour and a half, yeah. in, but you did mention about yeah. the top 10. Yeah, you want to run him back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah, I mean, I'd like to hear him. I forgot all about this, but yes, I'd like to hear uh, this. Uh, all right, so we'll start. I'll start at ten, and I'll just read the. I'll read what it is, and I'll just read like the first sentence because each one goes with like a page, and we don't need that, right? Um, but so, according to the code, the book, the code, the top ten reasons for fighting in hockey. Number ten is bad blood. That says the tenth and final reason for fighting in hockey. It's plain old bad blood. When two players have personal feud with one another, they're allowed to settle their differences on the ice like men, assuming the conditions are appropriate in the game, such as in a blowout. So we kind of covered this already, yeah. right? Like, yeah. you know, we people who watch don't know. They don't know how long they've been having a problem with a certain guy in another team, and this is their chance. And, you know, and, and, and I do I do like that it says, Assuming the conditions are appropriate, not like not assuming both guys agree and everyone's okay. No, it's assuming the conditions are appropriate in the game, such yep. as in a blowout, right? Like if you're not going to hurt your team, you can go settle that score. Yep. Right. So that so that's right. What do you think about that one? No, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, like you said, we talked about that earlier. And, uh, yeah. No, absolutely. And it's like, yeah, there's just some guys that it's just like. Yeah, we're uh, yeah, we have this issue, and it's I don't like you, and you don't like me, and we're gonna do this right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and that, yeah, and that was my that's the point I was making with Ryan Reeves in the, in the in the Washington Capitals. Like that's a bad blood situation. Not maybe for well, even I mean Ryan Reeves and Tom Wilson have bad blood, but yep. um, you know, furthermore, so do those two teams now. You know, Washington could probably give a shit, but like. The Rangers should have bad blood against the Capitals, and that's why you fired your whole, you know, front office, and that's why you brought in all these guys. And here it is. Here's your chance. Settle it. And it wasn't. Yep. All right, number nine, prison justice. Coming in at number nine is the prison justice philosophy. This is a tactic used to scare the hell out of anybody and everybody to let them know that there is a new sheriff in town. It is widely understood that new prisoners will try to make a name for themselves when they first arrive in the clink. Many will seek out and challenge the toughest guy in the yard with the assumption that if he wins, then nobody is going to mess with him. Right. So, and you go back to the, the Probert, you know, Domi challenge and Probert and clowning around like he's got the belt. Right. Yeah. And like, well, and the famous story with Dennis Bondby when he was up with the Oilers, you know, a minor league legend, Uh he's coming up and he's tells Bob Probert, you got to give me a shot, man. You're going to make me or break me. You know, and it's yep, like, yep. yeah, and they, and that's how the, uh, like the Mel Engelstad, the guy I know, when he fought Probert, same thing. He's like, but you got to give me a shot, man. And it's like, yeah, and back then, uh, I mean, a lot of times, yeah, the established guy 
would give that guy his opportunity. Um, I believe in that book, Twist talks about that, that he had an open door policy. If anybody wanted to try it, he was all absolutely, you know. And and then there were some guys that wouldn't do it. Like if they were veteran guys, they're you know the preseason was, you know, for getting you know getting in shape or whatever. And I don't have to prove anything, and I'm not fighting you guys. And there were some guys that never did, and then other guys were like Twist were more than willing to give the young guy a shot. Rob Ray, I mean, Fedora tells that story in the Ice Ice Guardians there, where he's, Ray gave him a shot. You know, so yeah, no, absolutely. Yep. All right, number eight protection uh number eight on the list is protection enforcers or bodyguards do just what their name implies they protect key people uh take the amazing edmonton Oilers of the 1980s a true dynasty well we all know the biggest reason for their success was one guy wayne gretzky um the great one was immensely talented at just six we thought whatever so it goes on about gretzky but then it goes on to talk more about how Samanko and mcsorley and then you had the what was the tough guy numbers talking about how much more successful Gretzky was when those two guys fought. So giving them, giving him the space. And then, and it goes on further to say, in addition to protecting their stars enforcers also have to protect their other teammates from time to time, even when they don't particularly feel like doing so. Um, So, yeah, so that's like, you know, sometimes you'll hear how like a tough guy will will be pissed at one of the guys, his own team, but you know, what, what did you do that for? You know, because now I got to have a conversation with their top tough guy because you just went and did that. You know, so protection, protecting not just the stars, but your whole team. That's that's your job. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and then number seven. What we just talked about: job security. Yep. The seventh reason for fighting in pro hockey may sound like an odd one: job security. That's right. Often young players who understand that their role on a team is that of an enforcer may need to get their PIMS or penalty minutes up. While many teams have grizzled veteran policemen such as Ty Domi or Donald Brashear, other teams may have an enforcer by committee approach, which includes a few young bucks or even an old dog all trying to get more ice time. So, yeah, there you go. The whole the whole blue guard story you just told, right? Like, Yep. Well, yeah, and I, think, and I think at times there was guys that got called up and stuff that – they 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 should have been more proactive, and, but they yeah. weren't. They were trying to, you know, they would react to things. If somebody challenged them, they would fight for sure. But I, they never they never produced that challenge, right? Like if you're going to mm-hmm. get a guy to fight you, like run around, start shit, right, and then have that guy come out. Now you've given him a reason to come after you. If you're just going to go out there, you know, you know, be quiet and not start anything, and the the uh, established guy has no reason to fight you. I mean, you got to give him a reason. And there's been a there's been a few guys over the years that were called like, not nowadays, but I mean back in the day, it was like you get him called. Oh, here he's called up. This is gonna be great, and they just wouldn't do anything. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. And there's sometimes they just they literally just play themselves right out of a job, and they're back in the American League, and it's just like, man, you know, too nice sometimes. Yeah. Too nice, yeah. Yeah. You gotta Number pro- seven. You got to be proactive, no, not reactive at times. Yes. Yeah. 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 Number seven is deterrence. Yet another reason for fighting in pro hockey is deterrence. Fighting serves as a deterrent for players on opposing teams from playing dirty. Okay. Looking at you, PK Subban. Right. So yeah. players know that if they play dirty, 
then they will have to be held accountable by having to fight in front of thousands of fans and risk being beaten up or humiliated by the other team's enforcer. All right, so you can tell when this book was written because then the next sentence is teams even stockpile tough guys in order to send messages to their opponents that they are not going to be intimidated. Yes, well, like you said, it was a definitely, mm-hmm. definitely a different era, right? Because that certainly mm-hmm. does not happen anymore, and this is why we have what we have. Yep, yep. All right, and then we have uh, trying to draw a reaction penalty. Yeah. Fifth reason for fighting occurs when a less skilled player attempts to draw a higher skilled player into a fight in order to get him off the ice, thus giving his team an advantage. This act of toughness is used to goad the opposing team's player into what is known as a reaction penalty. Mm, yeah. I don't know about that, but... Yeah, I don't love that one. No. All right. Um, next, sending a message. The fourth reason for fighting is to send a message. This message can be from an individual or in the form of a team skirmish. As for the individual message, if a team is getting beaten soundly, the losing team then employs the tactic of getting into a fight at the end of the game. That sends a message of future anxiety for certain King players who are now put on high alert. It stops just short of being a bounty, but players know that they're going to be targeted when they meet again. Yeah. And Marty McSorley tells a story in this one. Um, that's the cool thing about it is like, you know, a lot of these, they have a little a story to go along. McSorley's all over this book, so yeah, and it's yeah, that's true, right? And it's like even like uh, well, they used to say like with Semenko, right? Like he didn't even really have to fight that much. He was a lot of it was like verbal, like you just uh-huh. go by the bench and like he even tells the story again in Ice Guardians. It's just like you just go by the bench and it's like, are we going to keep playing like this or what are we going to do? Yeah, yeah, and then, and then that was it, and or else they're going to keep doing it, and it's like. See, at that point, though, it's like if they're going to call your bluff, you have to do something. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't just say that and then they act up and you don't do anything because now you've just, you just, now you're just barking with no teeth. But I mean, yeah, but that was when Samanko and then there's another guy, much like Dave Brown, it was, okay, this is what we're going to do. Then I'm not, I'm telling you we're fighting. You're not, I'm not asking. I'm telling you. And, mm-hmm. And even then, he might not even tell you. He might just do it. And your next thing you know, you're in one. And uh, and he didn't give a shit. And it was good. If the refs were breaking up and he had an extra shot at you, he was going to take it. And it was just like, yeah. I mean, that's nightmare fuel for the Gen Zers nowadays. But back then, it was like, yeah. yeah it was message sending time. Yep, yep. Well, that was also why a lot, right. of, team, a lot of teams wouldn't run the scores up either. Because it's like, if we run the right. score up, they're going to kick the shit out of us. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But now... Like I said, this is all completely out of the water now. They don't they don't give a shit. No one's scared of anything yeah. now. Nope. Nope. Uh intimidation. Uh there's the next one on the list here. Yeah. Let's see. Um it says good old fashioned intimidation. It's a serious motivating factor and it changes the way players go about their business. Fear is also a strategic tactic in pro hockey and together the two can be a lethal one two punch. All right, and then, again, you know, I've heard you say this a bunch of times, too, with the Tony Twist. I don't I don't get what's the problem with Tony Twist. How do you not love Tony Twist if you like fights? I don't get it. But he's got a thing on intimidation, and it's a, he says, I used to have fun fighting. I really did. Sometimes I would even tell my line mates that they could go out and do whatever the hell they wanted to out on the ice, and I would have their backs. I remember telling Tyson Nash that one time. I said, Nasher... 
you're on my line today and I'm feeling generous. I'm giving you a free pass to go out and do whatever you want anywhere to anyone. You can hack, slash, clip, hit someone in the head. I don't care because as soon as they come for you, I will be there to step in. Just go for it. I would tell those guys right in the face-off circle too so the, so the guys on the other team could hear me. It would just scare the hell out of them. And my guys could skate end-to-end untouched. It was awesome. Intimidation gave you power. It really did. How do you not love that? Exactly. But that that's viewed as a yeah. dirty thing now. Like, yeah. that's yeah. mean. Like, well, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it is. That's the point. <laughs> like, or is that, I don't know. It's like we just sort of like, like as you're reading this, and like, I mean, I know we're just kind of beating the horse, dead horse, but it's like ad yeah. nauseum, but it's just like, it's so true. It's just how people have just lost the plot. Yes. And I think in a lot of ways, the players have lost the plot. They don't, yeah. you know, because they don't understand. Yeah. It just seems like they don't understand it either. Like, mm-hmm. well, I'm supposed, like, I'll do this because I guess I'm supposed to. But it's like, they don't, right. it's like almost like they don't understand why. Like, yeah. Yeah, and they certainly don't love it the way Twist did, right? Well, I don't think many people liked it the way Twist did, yeah. <laughs> That's a whole different yeah. level right there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, swinging the momentum. Yep. The second reason for fighting is to provide a spark or a catalyst to wake up your team. Fighters will challenge opponents when their team is down for the sole purpose of winning the fight and thus swinging the momentum of the game. If a player battles like a warrior and wins, the crowd gets pumped up and the players get a shot of adrenaline to inspire them to work harder. It's all about gaining a mental edge or psychological advantage in hockey. And a good scrap can achieve that in a heartbeat. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And as much as the analytics guys don't like it because you can't qualify it with a number or a stat, um, that's why they, you could tell they don't get it. Uh, the intangible things that you can't put numbers on, they don't understand. But that's one of them. And it's like, yeah, it's been proven over and over again. So, no, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it definitely has. You just watch, Just go back and watch those games, you know, yep. and you see it. All right, here it is. The first and main reason for fighting, retaliation and retribution. All right, so there, there you go, Pabertuzzi. Yeah. Um, it, you know, retaliation of cheap shots and dirty play. It may occur in the heart, in the heat of the moment for something that happened right then, or it may be a premeditated retaliation to right a wrong that took place earlier in the game or earlier or even earlier that season. The fight or even the previous season the fight can be between a victim and an assailant an enforcer and an assailant or even one enforcer and the insa- and the assailant's enforcer whichever way justice will be served and a message sent yeah there you go and that's like that's the brass tacks of it right there and it's like that's how it all started and yeah that's what it's all about i mean it uh and like i said all it's it's interesting like you said as you've read those it's like all those tools have been taken away due to suspensions and fines and everything else. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's unfortunate. And like I said, it's, uh, it's kind of a lost thing now, but, um, yes, for anybody out there that's, that's listening to this, that want like what or, the book is actually called the code, the unwritten yep. rules of fighting and retaliation in the NHL. Uh, it's by Rod Bernstein and, uh, yeah, it's been, it was written in Oh five. So it's obviously been out for a while. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you can get it all over the place for cheap, but uh, 
Yeah, it's thick. I'm actually, and you've got me inspired to read this again. Like I said, I read it way back when I first got it. But, um, yeah, I'd like to go back now and read it with kind of older eyes. And uh, how he interpreted it. Uh, and like I said, I guess it, it's interesting how, it's almost like how the code is interpreted um, through a different generation. As the generation, like as we've alluded to with how it's been sort of romanticized now, the code and everything, whereas it's, you know, our generation's a different look at, or we, we didn't even understand what it was back then. But it's interesting as the years have gone on, how the, the I guess how the phrase is viewed. Yeah, we didn't we didn't have a name for it, but we knew it when we saw it, right? So yeah. like, you, 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 and you knew when it was coming. Like when you saw something happen, you knew who was coming over the boards next. And when you know when Dave Brown came out over came out, you were like, okay, you know. And you knew exactly what was going to happen, so you scooted closer and got, you know, one hand on play and the other one on record, and you got ready for it because it was going to happen. Now it's like the meaning of the of the phrase has changed. So yeah, and, and, I, and like and, back and, then, I don't remember like yeah, like you said, so something happened, so we all knew something retaliation was coming, and when that yeah. happened, no one ever complained that oh, he shouldn't have done that. Uh-uh. You know, like I don't ever remember like even. Well, I mean, amongst my friends, it never was said. But even on the message board, like, I don't remember anybody ever saying, oh, you know, he shouldn't have to do that just because he threw a hit. Or, I like, I don't remember anybody, like, shitting on the fight or the action. Like, everybody understood why it happened. Exactly. You know, yeah. it, it's just it's just interesting how the genera- the mindset has changed generationally. That's why I'm always surprised in the groups when it's like an older person saying it. I'm like, really? Like, unless they're just like getting into the game. But I'm like, if you, but like, I've had this argument with guys that were, that claim to be watching since the seventies. And it's like, really? 50 years and you still not, you don't, still don't get it. Like, I don't know. Yeah. That makes no sense at all. Like, you know, if, if you watched the game ever back then, then then you know exactly why things, well, why things should happen. Well, <laughs> you know, yeah. they, they don't always happen. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's, it's a consequence, consequence free world we live in now. It's the, you know, product of the, everyone gets a trophy generation. You know, those people are all growing up, you know, and becoming adults and, you know, they, they're having their, their say in things. And it's like, no, man, you yeah. know, not everyone's not supposed to get a trophy. Everyone's not supposed to get away with doing something shitty to another person. Something should happen to you if you do that. So, yeah, I, I we, we definitely live in like, I, I said, I always say with these people, they try to put this the peewee mentality into professional sports. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, like these, these guys are getting paid millions to win. Like it's not, this isn't the seven-year-olds playing and, you know, everyone gets Slurpees and pizza after. It's like, no, this is a million, right. it's a billion dollar business. And I'm going to uh-huh. assert my will onto you to win this game and I'll go through you and I don't care. Is what, yeah. But so stop trying to act like it's like the seven-year-olds at the 6 a.m. game. Like, come on, you know, but they try. I don't know. It's like this, I don't know. It's like this weird mindset. Like it's, it's, it's supposed to be fun. Make hockey fun again. It's like what? What does that even mean? Like I don't understand. Like, what are we talking? What are we doing? Yeah, I don't know, man. We're old. I guess we just got old. We don't we, get it. I yeah, I think we did. I think we just got old, and we're the, we're we're the ones who are who are crazy. 
I, well, yeah, I think we are. Well, you know what's been <laughs> what, what's been crazy, man, is we've we've actually talked for an hour and forty minutes. That's the crazy. There you thing. go. What's even yeah, crazier I, is people might actually listen to this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to set the record for uh, least downloads. No. Oh, 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 before you go, I do have to ask. Okay, so what the hell are you saying? at the beginning when you're doing all the promos for, for Joe Lazito and you say it really fast and all I hear is give her the Lazito. What, what are you saying? Give her the Lazito. Give her, to, give her the Lazito. Yeah. Okay. Well, right. it was, yeah, it, I don't, <laughs> it all started with, I can't remember how it all started, but it was like, I don't know, just Joe and his wife or whatever. And no, it was something with his merchandise. God, what was it now? But yeah, we were, it was, well, it all came down to the Joel's Christmas balls and Yule log and everything. And then it was uh-huh. like, you know, well, I'll just give her the Lazito, you know, and it was just, I don't know. But I, I, okay. I was, right. I had, I had hashtagged it on Twitter one night. It was like, you know, G-H-T-L. And it was like, I was trying to get it to trend, but uh, I was funny. I mailed him something one time and I put that hash mark on the side of the, of the box. <laughs> Hashtag, you know, give her the Lazito. But uh uh-huh. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it's give her the Lazito, but I, I can't remember how it started, but for some reason, All right. every time I bring up Lazito's show, I'll just yell it for, I don't know, at this point, it's just something to do. I, I like getting, I like busting Joe's balls, you know. Yeah, I, I've been trying to understand what you're saying when you say it so fast all the time. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what he's saying. I don't, <laughs> I gotta ask him. I don't know what he's saying. Yeah, give her the Lazito. Yeah, it was, uh, got it. Yeah. But yeah, it was <laughs> yeah, old Broad, well, it's not, yeah, Broadway Joe. Yeah, working at Madison Square Gardens, and he calls himself an Islander fan. Oh, could you imagine? Yeah, yeah, I know. Enemy territory, sleeping with the enemy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, man, I want to. Uh, I definitely, I want to thank you for coming back for well for coming on the show, and I'll definitely have you back on. Uh, I mean, I mean, nice. we, we could definitely do. Uh, oh, there's always something we could probably end up coming up with, but. Uh, I know this was sort of an yeah. out of the blue thing, and it was just like, "Yeah, come on, we'll talk about fighting. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. We'll see what happens." <laughs> and uh, yeah, and no, you did great. I mean, you made my job easy, that's for sure. It was just, ah, uh, oh, thanks. You know, I, I again, yeah, I really appreciate you coming on. It was great. Yeah, well, like I said earlier, you know, before we started recording, I like thank you for the show. I love the show, um, and uh, to me, it's like hanging out with a buddy, you know, that I never knew, and yeah. Just, just shooting the shit, you know, and uh, so well, it was that, awesome. It was awesome to be able to talk to you. Yeah, well, it was cool. Like when you brought that up, like I said, uh, well, well, for the folks listening, I mean, uh, Dante and I ended up like a couple old ladies in a knitting circle. We were talking for like forty five minutes before I ever hit record. But, um, yeah. but no, to hear that, like when you say that, I, I've always, I've, I've said this before, but it, that's sort of the vibe I've always meant to go with with the show is I want people when they're listening to be, it's them in the basement drinking beer with their friends and the game is on or a fight tape is on and this is what they're saying. And that's, it was this show and that's what I wanted that to be. And it's like, you know, and people can argue with it or when I say something and they're yelling at the dad, like you dumb bat, no, no, it's this. And I want people to argue with their dashboard, you know, with me. But because yep, that's yep. what you would, you know, you and uh, Kenny Dugay would be at opposite ends of the couch and be like, no, it's this, you know, and you'd, you'd argue right. with your buddy and no, Brown is better than Probert. No, Probert. No, Twist is better than all of them. You know, it's like, I wanted yep. that conversation. So for you, when you said that, it was like, okay, good. 
At least that's because I yeah. mean that's the vibe I'm trying to get across. But like I said, sometimes that's when, what it is for me. Yeah, well, and it's like, and that's great because, like I said, you're sitting here. I'm sitting here just talking into a microphone, you know, and you. I that's that's what you're trying to at least impress upon the listening audience. Now, whether they understand, you know, everyone has their own way of looking at it or listening to it. But it's, uh, yeah, that's definitely the the vibe I'm going for. So when you said that. Um, no, that's good. That's that's exactly what I was trying to do. So I'm glad that's coming through like that anyway. Yeah. Or at least in New Jersey, yeah. it's coming that way. At least in South Jersey, where we don't really know shit. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, excellent, man. Um, I Like I said, I won't keep you any longer. We've been yapping for almost two hours here. So again, Dante, I really want to thank, thank you for, for your support of the show all the time. I mean, you've been real... Uh, helpful with me and then of course with the retweeting and mentioning it all the time it's it's greatly appreciated on this side of the microphone for sure and uh and then to come on and uh be a great guest and you told uh well spoken i'll tell you and then you made you made hosting very easy i very much appreciate it oh thank you thank you very much there we go all right man well we will uh we'll definitely have you on again all right cool awesome take care everyone all right man take it easy And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 